Well, hello, everybody. It is, uh, you're, first of all, you're at Opposing the Matrix, the radio show. Um, it is the 6th of August, uh, 2019. The year goes marching on quickly, quickly, quickly. Uh, tonight, folks, um, I'm going to advise you, if you're listening live, don't, don't follow these directions. But if you've downloaded the show or you're listening to it live, you can pause it. Um, go get yourself a bowl of popcorn, some cake, uh, maybe a cup of coffee or a thermos of coffee, maybe be better. Um, and, uh, and just sit down because you really, oh yeah. And, and do your, if you had to run to the bathroom, do that too. Um, before you listen, but, um, you don't want to miss any of this. Okay. Cause Ralph is on tonight and Ralph ever said, Hey Ralph, how you doing buddy? I'm doing fine, David. Thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. And uh, he's going to talk about the Kennedy assassination. And you're going to hear stuff tonight that you haven't heard on the History Channel, that you haven't heard on um, any of the documentaries that you might have seen on television. Uh, You're going to hear stuff that's going to blow your mind. And I know you're, oh, yeah, well, you know, the Kennedy assassination. We've heard everything. Well, no, you haven't. You have not heard the truth. And Ralph is going to bring you the truth tonight. He's going to prove to you that uh, that there was a conspiracy. Well, we all know that. But uh, that it, it takes a different turn than what you've been taught historically or maybe uh, anti-historically, maybe is the, is the way we should present that. But um, without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and uh, present uh, Ralph. And and uh, I just want to let you know that this is on a, a what, uh, Ralph, how old is this video? 1992. Okay, so it was produced in 1992. So Ralph's playing a video, and he's going to narrate it. And uh, as usual, you can go to uh, Opposing the Matrix uh, YouTube site, and you can watch the video. Okay, or you can listen to the audio. But anyway, I don't want to take any more time away from Ralph. So go ahead, Ralph. It's all yours. Thank you very much. Uh, once again, it's always a pleasure being here, David. I can't thank you enough for giving me a chance to explain this. Let me explain what we're going to do. Dave and I have three uh, three hours of time. This video is going to be a little less than two hours long. This was a video, actually, uh, a camera recorded this. And you can see on the screen, I think right now, the word conspiracy. And you'll notice the background is kind of green. This thing's been around for a long time, and I think that's what why it's changed. But notice this was my one of my first attempts at ever doing anything like this. And unfortunately, I didn't realize that I thought he was going to zoom into the words conspiracy to fill the screen and then zoom in and out, but he didn't. So we're, sometimes he does zoom in, sometimes he doesn't. But anyway, so get used to that. Now, why should we be concerned about the Kennedy assassination? I'm going to want, tell you right now, Donald Trump is going to release the secret files of the Warren Commission, and we are going to learn who shot President John Kennedy. Did you hear what I said? Yeah. So, and after the two hours is up, I'm going to just take a series of 15 or 16 different things that I found in my research. I've read over 50 books probably at this time when I was doing this thing, what, 20 some years or whatever it is after the assassination. It was 30 years after the assassination approximately. Um, I have read maybe 20 or 30 books, and now it's well over 50. So I believe I've got, I'm going to show you some of the ones I used way back when, in 1992, when I made this. So please bear with me. This is a major story because a conspiracy did kill our president. Now, let's start with the first slide. 
the word conspiracy. I'm going to start it now. You'll maybe see a gap. There it is. Conspiracy. Two or more people meeting in secret for an evil or unlawful purpose. Two or more. One person does not conspire. And I'm telling you, there's a little bit of a difference in the green. It's not quite as bad. Element, rogue elements inside the mafia, the CIA, the FBI, the Secret Service, and the Dallas Police Department, all of these entities were directly involved. And there's one more that I won't name until you watch my eight-hour one. That one is covered in a video, eight-hour video called The New War. This, of course, is a VHS tape, or whatever they call it. But it's now been converted to a DVD. It's eight hours long. And if you watch that, I'll reveal the sixth group that was directly involved. Of course, this is the see Now, there he zoomed in. This is called The Unseen Hand, introduction to my first book, written in 1985. This is a book of the, as it says here, an introduction to the conspiratorial view of history. By the way, we took this, I think, on a three-quarter inch tape. It's been converted to a half-inch tape and then converted to a DVD. That's why these are a little bit blurred. But I think overall you're going to find that you still can read and study this. This book came out in 1985. It was my first effort to ever write a book, and it's still being sold. There's my second book, The New World Order. came out in 1999 or so, 89 or 90, I think it was. This is an attempt to explain why, the, what the conspiracy wants. What is this thing called The New World Order? And by the way, if I may, I've read other books by the same title or similar titles. This is still the best one to explain what it is. Simply, easily documentable. What we're going to talk about today is the assassination of President John Kennedy, 1963-61-63, when he was assassinated on November the 22nd, 1963. I can remember where I was when I learned this. I was 26 years old, something like that. And I remember who told me what, what, what we did after that. A group of us in the department, we had a, someone had a radio. We sat and listened to it as, it as it was being covered. And I remember thinking to myself, remember this day. Remember everything you can, because this will be done. Now, these are some of the books I used to produce this thing. Seriously, I won't read all these because it will go pretty, pretty quickly. But you can see that there's a wealth of information. These are the ones I used. There's probably 20 of these, uh, something like that. One, two, three, four, five, six, six to a page. That's 18, 24, 30, wow. or maybe whatever it is. 34, yeah, there's much more, 36, 35, whatever. And there's five in there sometimes. That must be the last one. It was Jack Ruby, Hill Kennedy, et cetera. And these books all cover part of the conspiracy. And that's what I've done. I've tried to get all of these together to make the DVD you're about to watch uh, in 1992 called Kennedy, the Kennedy Assassination, Conspiracy and Cover-Up. So there it is. And this guy will talk quite a bit about Jack Ruby. He's the one who killed Lee Harvey Oswald, who killed Kennedy. Some of these, there it is. Okay, now this is uh, uh, Oliver Stone. He made the movie, there it is, JFK, Kevin, by the way, you'll see a fade out and then a fade in. That's being done by the, the producer. Kevin Costner's movie started, and that's, he portrayed Jim Garrison, district attorney in New Orleans. There he is right there, the one who started this thing back in 19, I think that says 67. 
whatever it was, and based on two books, Heritage Stone and On the Trail of the Assassin uh, by uh, someone else, uh, by Garrison himself. He wrote these two books, and I highly recommend them. And this is the man that we all believe shot. Uh, remember this right here. We'll cover that later. Notice that is not, well, I'll just remember this. This is Lee Harvey Oswald uh, taken when he was arrested. And this just goes back to the 22nd of November. John Kennedy and his wife, and there's Lyndon Johnson, the vice president, getting off. This is the airplane, Air Force One. And there's John Kennedy and his lovely wife after she was given a dozen red reveries. And there John Kennedy is now in a motorcade. He's in a Lincoln convertible. And uh, now they're going to drive. They're going to come in here like this. So there's a, a fellow with a, with a uh, pointer. I'll do this to be a little bit better. They're going to drive, turn, make that right-hand turn, come down here, make this left-hand turn, then make this switch, and then end up over here under the railroad underpass. Here, here, and of course, we're on the sixth floor of the building right now. So you can, By the way, don't forget there's a tree here that's going to play a major role in this whole thing later. He's got to shoot through a tree. And unfortunately, on November the 22nd, 1963, the LA Times Kennedy assassinated. And then later on that afternoon, uh, that's uh, Lyndon Johnson's wife, Lady Bird, that's Johnson, that's Jackie Kennedy. Remember this, this is also very important. Things happened. Okay, now, he appointed the Warren Commission. There's seven people, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So there's six plus Warren, so there's two extras here. Uh, they concluded the Warren Commission in a, a lengthy uh, six-rate volume system. Oswald, Leo Oswald killed Kennedy. Oswald also shot an officer, policeman, J.D. Tippett, and Ruby shot Oswald. This is, these are their basic conclusions about this whole assassination. They didn't cover the conspiracy. In fact, they concluded that no conspiracy in the shooting of the president. This was done in what, I think in 64. So I came along, what, 28 years later to prove there was. And this is the reason. There's John Kennedy pointing towards Vietnam. He was going to get us out of a war that was planned in 1945, 19 years before 1963. He learned about it and started the withdrawal of the troops. And that's why he was sent to Dallas, Texas. The war was planned. They wanted the war. Kennedy said, no, we're not going to go to war. And Darius Point, Hanoi, that's the capital of North Vietnam. There, this is the Gulf of Tonkin and a map. And that's, uh, I don't know, Laos or something with another nation up here. John Kennedy, Vietnam. That's the reason John Kennedy was forced to go or sent to Dallas because they knew he wouldn't come back. The plan of this conspiracy killed him. Those five groups, and the sixth one I'll name later, or name in another DVD. In October 1963, Kennedy instructed Defense Secretary Robert McNamara to withdraw immediately 1,000 American military advisors from Vietnam, and he planned to withdraw all the forces by the end of 1965, after he was reelected. 1963, a year or so before the assassination, this is when this whole process started to make sure that never happened. He, uh, they, uh, uh, the Board Commission blamed it on the military-industrial complex. And if I have a chance to show you this 
is false. It's a lie. There is no such thing as the military-industrial complex. And I'll prove that. I can't do it probably now. There's the gap. Notice the way the slides disappear. In the Eisenhower, President Eisenhower, in the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwanted more influence, unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought by the military-industrial complex. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. This was said in 1960, 1960 after Kennedy was elected. He tried to warn us. And I'm here, here it is. There is no such thing. Now, maybe I'll try to prove it. I haven't watched this thing for quite a number of years. We'll see what this is. Did I discuss it or not? Um, the, the, what it is, it's a government industrial complex. Okay. Yeah, here it is. What does, what role does the government play in the military industrial complex? Now, here the cabinet is doing what I want to do. How can the military be involved without the government? It's not the government military industrial complex. They're not mentioned, so it can't, they're no, they have no role in this. Oh, yeah, how can they? Because without the government, the military, okay, military officers take orders from presidents. Mm -hmm. So as soon as he, the president finds out there's a military industrial complex, he withdraws the military. It's over. Here's General Douglas MacArthur. Now, there's a, a, a drawing of him, and that was him when he was at West Point. This was a great, great general. So Isaac, MacArthur was involved in Korea, and he wanted to withdraw the troops, uh, I'm sorry, blow up the bridges between North China and North Korea. There was a river called the Yalu River. So what there is, here it is, there is a political industrial complex MacArthur got fired. If it's a military industrial complex, he says to the politi political, the, polit the president, stick it in your ear, buddy. We're in charge. Right. No, right. the president fired him, MacArthur. Fired him because it's a military industrial complex that uses the military. They take orders from the president. Leo Roswald was being trained by the CIA to kill Fidel Castro. He was not being trained to kill Kennedy. Not one book that I've read, over 50 of them. Does anyone ever claim it's more than killing Fidel uh, Castro, uh, killing Kennedy? But he was not being trained in 1959 because Kennedy was not president yet. Forgive me. President Kennedy was killed because he wanted to end the war in Vietnam before it started for a very important reason. Boy, when you find that out, the war in Vietnam makes enormous sense and why Kennedy was killed. They killed him because he wanted to end the war. He always started the withdrawal of the first thousand. Maybe I'll cover that in a minute. Let's see. President Kennedy was killed. He wanted to end the war that was planned in at least 1945. 19 years before it started in 64. That's why he was killed. You don't monkey with the powers that want the, quote, military-industrial complex. The political-industrial complex wanted a war. President Kennedy was in the government. There's no doubt these are the conclusions. Uh, no, these are comments that, that made by authors that I've read. 
There's no doubt that Oswald was an intelligent agent. I'll discuss that later. Jim Garrison, the district attorney, I have solid evidence indicating that Jack Ruby and Lee Harvey Oswald were paid by the CIA to perform certain functions. Huh? That's what Garrison was trying to prove, district attorney. Well, when you read his two books, you find out what happened. Oswald was to establish himself so convincingly as a Marxist communist that he would win the trust of American left-wing groups and also have freedom to travel as a spy to communist countries, particularly Cuba. That's what he was being trained to do, to get into Cuba so he could kill Castro. That's what he was being trained for, not killing Kennedy. He didn't learn about that until 63, early, middle, early 63. And that's why I claim to be a patsy. I think we'll cover that over and over again later on. Wow. So convincingly, as a Marxist communist, that's what he did. He joined, he learned Russian. And, okay, there's Lee Harvey Oswald in 1959. I think this is in Atsugi uh, Air Base or Air Force Base in Japan. I, th- I guess he's a Marine or something. But there's Lee Harvey, that's Lee Harvey Oswald right there. And there's his fellow soldiers with him. That's when he was contacted by the CIA. Huh. How would you like to be a hero? Uh, Oswald, oh man, I do. I love my country. Well, how would you like to, we got a secret plan for you. Come talk to us and we'll make you able. Now here's what happened when he got to Russia. There, he ended up in a town called Minsk. I think I spelled it there. That's where he was, He was. his apartment was. And notice very close down this street and over there, was where the KGB trained their assassins in political assassins. That's only a couple of blocks walk away from where he got his apartment. His first apartment when he defected to Russia in 1964, I guess it was 64. He's already in, in, in Russia. That's where he was uh, got an apartment. He could just walk, probably walk down the street and go into doors. And he was being trained by the KGB where they trained their assassins, so he was being taught by the Russians. That's why he went to Russia, right there, the KGB. Oswald was trained as an intelligent agent. Oh, there it is. At the CIA installation of Japan's Atsugi Air Force Base, which may explain why no disciplinary action was taken against him when he returned to the U.S. from the Soviet Union, even though he had supposedly defected with top secret information about our radar networks. There are 51 CIA files, documents classified as top secret in the National Archives pertaining to Lee Oswald and Jack Ruby. These are the ones that Mr. President Trump's going to reveal because this is now secret information. But Trump, is, what, I can make as a prediction I have no no one telling me that. I'm telling you, I believe it's going to happen. And we're going to finally find out who these guys were. And, and many of these men might still be alive. Right. So it's coming, baby. Just wait. Man. 51, just on Oswald and Ruby. Our investigators, this is a, a garrison. Our investigators have broken a code Oswald used and found Ruby's private unlisted phone number as of 1963 written in Oswald's notebook. The Warren Commission didn't reveal this. I wonder why. Wait a minute, Oswald and Ruby were friends or acquaintances and he had his unlisted private number 
in his notebook. Yes, our investigators, Garrison's people found it. Now there's Dealey Plaza. Kennedy's car came over here like this. This is called uh, Houston. And he turned left on, he turned right on Maine, turned right, here it is, this guy got their pointer. And that's, now he's going like I'll follow him. He's going like here, where the first shot was fired, the second shot was fired. We're going to identify these people, especially this one right there later. And then the car was going to go underneath this railroad overpass. This is the grassy knoll. There's a little walkway. Remember this. We're going to talk about this later. And there's the tour book depository. And there's cars parked here. And there were cars parked up against the fence back here as well. But we're going to talk about these. C, D, and E were witnesses. And, uh, and J especially. We'll talk about J later. When do you see what that reveals? Who this man was and what he did. Now, by the way, right over here, yeah, well, now the trees, but there's the tree. Oswald's got to fire through the tree. So when it turned, he would see him for a few minutes, and then however long it took to get him past the tree. And right there is the Stemmons sign we'll cover later. This is the first shot. There's Oswald. I mean, as Kennedy's head is falling forward. I, I believe this is after his, uh, and there's Jackie now reaching over to see what's wrong. She's sitting, her, you can't see her face because of the shadows, but we're going to talk about this. This is the driver. Notice what that shiny part is. There, Kennedy now falls forward, and this is blood. Forward, blood spraying. Oh. And then this is Kennedy's head there. That's the top of it. And this thing shows up. And this is the Zapruder film covers. The people who took, got control of the Zapruder film filled that in. And then he fell over towards Jackie. But this is what we're going to cover in a minute. The, there it is in, in the blood and sprayed like this so quick. It was mostly, I guess, white or at least not bloody looking. Remember this scene right there. What is that? And that's the driver's head. We'll cover that later on someplace. Now, by the way, in the car, I'll, I'll go back to the original side. There it is. This is John Connolly, and that's his wife. Some places can't tell some very poor negative. That's the driver, and over here sits the co-driver. So that that is Connolly, Governor John Connolly, and his Mrs. Connolly. That's John Kennedy. Uh, this was a, what they call a jump scene. It's nothing more than a fall down. There's a door here that you open. So John Kennedy stepped in. There's another room for his foot and then walked back and sat down. And then Connolly stepped in and sat in the chair. So he's about six inches or so away, away from this door. Hmm. But I'm talking about this thing right here. We'll see it better in a few more minutes. And there's the head explosion and the stuff going forward. And there's a completely obliterates Jackie. And wow. Connolly starts to, Connolly was convinced he was hit by a separate bullet, and I'm gonna prove that he was. So here's, here's he's falling away. I guess I must be talking about this. I believe that that was, that's a gun. See that right there? This is now being pulled back again. So that little shiny spot, we'll see it in a better version. I think coming up, but that's a gun, and that's the one that actually killed him because he hit him in the right temple, right there, mm -hmm. and that's why Kennedy fell backwards and over towards the right. 
There it is. And that's the gun right there. The shiny gun. I'm going to show you that gun in a few minutes. That is his hand, the driver's hand, controlling the gun. It's a pistol. It looks like a, like a 45, except it's not a 45, and I'll talk about that later. Because we're going to discuss the driver doing, the driver fired the fatal shot. I still believe that, even though I'm caught, every, only a few people still believe this. But the driver fired that shot. And I'll explain why. That's what happens when you get hit from the front and the right temple. This blood explodes. And actually, well, we'll cover that later. Well, you see what happened to Kennedy's head. I don't show. This is, this is the Zapruder film, by the way. Abraham Zapruder will talk about. He was later, I think, I, when we were standing over here in front of the, well, kind of in front of the grassy knoll. So the president's grotesque halo of blood, there it is. That's coming from a shot to the front and off to the right side. It doesn't come out front. Now, this is Jackie Kennedy crawling. This is a man taking a, cam a video a camera on the other side of the car. There's the driver. On this side, he's on the driver's side. And that's, that's a Secret Service agent. Jackie gets up and crawls back over. Now, I believe that she actually saw the driver do it. But the official story, and I think the official story is probably correct. There's a piece of skull right here, the Kennedy skull, and it was the size of a probably a three by five card. So Jackie crawled over to pick it up. It's landed on the truck. And this guy is a Secret Service agent who was in the second car, and he raced up. And just as this car started, if, if you watch the whole next film, the tail light goes on right here. The tail light. After the first shot, which was 200 or 100 feet back there, the driver slowing the car down, and they actually stopped it. Oh, no. I, the, I don't know if I can show you that. I think I, my doors, I didn't know the taillight went on, because I believe the Sapruder film, which didn't see the red taillight, which means it was clipped as well. Mm -hmm. But Nick's picked it up. There's a red taillight right there. It sticks about that big. So it's pretty good size. And it was after either the car no longer he took his foot off the brake, but later earlier the car almost stops, and probably here is where it stopped, and just before he took off, because this man had to run step by step to get back to push Jackie back into the seat. He feared that she would get shot as well, because they, they claimed the shots were coming from the back. I'm gonna prove they didn't. He shot only one shot, maybe came from the back, two shots came from the back, but not by Oswald. Hold on, America. we got a lot to learn. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, remember this and remember that area right over there. We'll cover that later. There's a block of concrete here. Steps up about three feet high, and it's about three by three flat. In other words, there's a, there's a bunch of stairs going down like this. And Okay. Now, there's this is the reason. You know, if I was correct, Jackie saw the driver do it. Jackie got 24 hours, three, uh, 24, seven, 24, seven, 365, and so did John Jr. and Jackie, uh, Caroline. 25, 24 hour day, secret service. The driver and the co-driver were secret service agents. If, if I'm right, that Jackie saw that out of the corner of her eye, they raised the pistol and the shot go in front of her to kill her husband. Jackie don't want no Secret Service protection because one of them could take her out in a heartbeat. Right. And right. so John Jr. and Caroline. 
Now, she married Onassis. Why? To break the Secret Service protection. Because Onassis could afford secret, uh, his own protection for Jackie. So Jackie said, I'm going to get out of here at least. And by the way, Jackie, if I'm right, was warned, don't talk. And if you do, these two might not be here that wish you a happy birthday. And I asked young people in classes I taught, how many of you mothers would want to protect your children from the murderer? And if they threatened them, would you talk or not? And most of the young people, even in high school, they said, I, 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 would, uh, I would talk or I wouldn't talk, but I wouldn't want to protect my children. And that's how I think they got Jackie. There's a letter Jackie wrote. It's going to be open pretty soon. Now maybe it's like 30, 40, 50 years later. It might have been already opened, and we're not going to read. So now, uh, Jackie was quoted as saying, uh, you might want to change your clothing in Jackie because it's covered with blood. We'll go out the regular way. I want them, them, them to see what they, they have done whoa, to my husband. Whoa. She wore the dress that she was standing by Lyndon Johnson, still in the same dress she was wearing. That's all covered in the drive. I have a DVD called, and maybe we'll get the chance to watch this. And there's pretty clear clippings on it in this particular video. The one that we saw there, maybe we'll get a better version of it later. I don't remember. But it covers the Zapruder film. And this this was a, I converted it from a, a DVD that I had to this is a half inch tape on way VHS tapes. And it was for sale in my catalog. The Driver Shot Kennedy covers just strictly the Zapruder film and how it's been altered already. The ones that you watch, no matter even if you watch it when it was released, I think in 79 or something, it's already been edited and we can prove it. Wow. wow. And we saw it in one clip and slow but steady. And you're always doing <laughs> This is the driver of the car, William Greer, Secret Service agent. He stopped the car after one, at least one fatal shot. Secret Service agents are trained, get that car out of there. If you have to go over, over sidewalks, get them out of there. No, I slowed it down and then stopped it. And that's when the fatal shot got it. And once I determined, since I'm the one that did it, I stepped on the gas and we raced to the Parkland Hospital. This man was never asked by the Warren Commission. William Greer. He died of cancer many years later. Boy, I'd love to talk to him. He wondered he wouldn't tell the truth. William Greer, the driver, was, I believe, fired the fatal shot. But once again, we'll other see other options. It might have come from the grass and all. But either way, if I'm right, this man fired the fatal shot. It didn't come from the grass and all. But I'm going to show you some evidence that it did. So maybe we're wrong. The Zapruder was uh, made, two copies were made. He kept the original, this Abraham Zapruder, kept the original, sold a copy to the Life magazine for, I think, for $100,000 and gave copies, two copies. Now, what's what's one, two, three, four, there's original, plus one, two, three. Life magazine didn't publish it until many years later. By the way, the greatest God, God gave me a gift. One day I met a guy who said, how would you like copies of all of the magazines that were printed at this time? And he gave them to me free. Oh, and I still got them. Warren Commission didn't publish frames 208 to 211. 
they didn't publish them in the Warren Commission when they had all there's 265 frames. I mean, zip. You, know, you have a motion picture. Zip, 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 zip. So you don't publish these cards. These right here, 208 to 208. Why? 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 I'll tell you why. We'll see why in a minute. Because they revealed something that we're not supposed to know. So the Warren Commission took them out, just deleted them when they showed the slides. Uh, the 206, 207, zip, 208's gone, and we go to 212. Why did they take them out? Hold on, we're going to see why. By the way, just so you know, I've taken a, a, an oath to make sure that I fill this gap between this slide and the next one so that we can keep David from singing. So please just bear with me as I tell, I tell some corny stories and make up things that I, no, please understand, I don't make up about this is serious business. This conspiracy had at least five different groups involved directly. Not everybody knew, of course, when you're the leader of the group, you don't tell very many people, but you do get others to assist you. And then you tell them, if you reveal the truth, you're going to become a statistic as well. Right. But the reason they didn't publish this, the People in Life magazine said a young and experienced laboratory technician ruined the film by accident. So apparently the Zapruder film got it from, uh, they got the Zapruder film from life. So now you're going to turn over at probably the greatest movie ever made ever in the history of the world. You're turning it over to a young, inexperienced laboratory technician to develop it. That makes sense. I'm everybody who believes that. I got some. I got some bridges to sell you. The People in Life magazine said a young, inexperienced laboratory technician ruined the film by accident. So we deleted 208 to two of uh, our laboratory. <laughs> Can you believe this? And people, even the people I read, I read 50 books. Not one said this. I think I got this from Garrison. Now there's pilot. Uh, there, 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 there's there's a, a, a Stemmons freeway sign. There's the edge of it going like this. It's a big sign saying right hand land to Stemmons Freeway. Here's Kennedy. There's Kennedy already with his hands up. Underneath is uh, he reached for his neck. There's Conley, who is not that's Conley with his two hands. He's got his Stetson in his hands. And he's slowly turning after the first shot, because this is when, so remember this, we're going to talk about the, the single theory, single bullet theory, which is so stupid because Conley actually had time to turn around and look directly at Kennedy before he got hit, because he's only looking straight ahead in this picture with his hands up underneath him, which means he, they already know that Kennedy had suffered the first blow. The first shot got him in the neck. From the back, they claim I'm going to prove that's false in a few and a little later, uh, maybe in the end of it. If I don't do it in here, I don't know. But Kennedy already reached as soon as he got hit, his hands went up, I believe, automatically. To, and so now this is Conley turning around. He took another second or two to turn around and then got hit. So the magic bullet came out like this through here, paused, made a right hand, a left hand turn. A right hand turn and hit Conley in the knee down here in his leg. I can't see because there's the door. So I'm telling you, that's how phony that single bullet theory is. We'll cover it probably in more detail. You might remember in the JFK movie, 
uh, nurse and detailer with, with the staff showing you the distance and how phony the whole story was. Coming through here, down here, up, down, ac across. Actually, if we got him, he would have gotten him over here in the right shoulder. Or we had the left shoulder. But he did. He got him in the, uh, uh, yes, right here. I got him in the knee. So the bullet went down like this. The first, no, I got him in the lung where the nipple was. And then that went into his knee, uh, his leg, and then over to his right leg. And that's where the bullet ended up. That's one magic, that's one magic bullet. bullet. The magic bullet. Thank you very much. It's called a pristine bullet. No damage. But uh, Connolly had fragments from that bullet in his body that doctors couldn't take out for risking his life. Huh. So he had fragments. The pristine bullet did not. Okay, there's. This is a close-up of him already reaching for his uh, yeah, Connolly. This is Connolly. Still, I think these are his hands and Stetson there. So here's the head, the nose right here. There's his uh, haircut, and there's the top of his head. And there's Jackie turning to him. It's a color photograph. Once again, it's blurred because, once again, this is a motion picture. And there's that blob. The blob starts flapping, and I believe it was, it's been tampered with. They've tampered with this. This has been intentionally whited out because it shows that Kennedy's face, his right eye disappeared. Forgive me. This is not very pleasant. The fatal shot fired from inside the limousine. That's my contention. Explodes his head as Jackie reaction for. So she saw it happen. This is white out. This was put over the blood and the guts and where Kennedy's probably as much, I don't know if the whole eye was gone, but this part of his head is gone. I'll prove that a little later with diagrams. Hmm. The bullet ripped through, it went like this. And here, here, here's Kennedy, supposedly, now by the way, they don't close his eyes, but here's, here's that bullet got him in the temple, which means probably this part of his face is gone as well. There, this, okay, the guy went back backwards to show you that this, yeah, this blob was put in later. There's Kennedy, supposedly is, this was taken at the Bethesda Naval Hospital. There it is, that blob should show, you should show some damage over here. Now the shadows took care of the, of the temple wound right here, but the temple wound might very well got part of this and exploded like this, because I'm gonna prove this part of his head is missing. Wait until you see, there's a diagram. I showed it for a second. It'll show up in a minute here. This part of his eye, the face is, is missing. It's empty. This is hollow. You'll see it in a diagram. Huh. Wait, I mean, I, you, you said, like you saw it, you know what I'm going to? There it is. Now, I might have to stop this. I, I'm going to go as long as I can. because, And then you might have to wait. This was drawn by a, a, a guy named uh, Apollo Connor. There it is. He was a lab technician at Bethesda. The body was taken to Parkland. He was dead. They took it out in a uh, in a casket, took it on Air Force One to Washington, D.C., to Bethesda Naval Hospital. This man opened the casket, pulled the body out, and this is what he saw when he saw the, the Kennedy head. This is the back part of his head. This is missing flesh. You could look straight through here. Notice the brain is, at least this part of it, is missing. Maybe there's some of it there. That's his right ear, the back of it. There's his left ear. 
this is missing. Paul O'Connor looked into this and saw this, and he drew it within minutes after he saw it. He's a lab technician. He was not an officer, but his job was to get the body ready for the for the doctors. He opened the casket, pulled it, and I guess one or two others, pulled the body out and laid it out so they could start working on it. He saw this with his own eyes, Paul O'Connor. And you can watch him testify. Or maybe it was done by uh, uh, someone interviewing him, because I don't know whether he ever interviewed, was interviewed by the, I don't remember, the Ward Commission doctor. But boy, think about it. If he had done this, that picture would be as bogus as a $1 bill. Wow. I want to warn you, the stuff we're covering is mild for what's going to follow after this thing is over. This was done in 1992, which would be what? That's 19 years, 29 years later. Mm -hmm. 63 to 93 would be 30 years, so 29 years later. But I covered pretty much 30 books there, even more in that listing I had at the very beginning. But I'm doing this. I'm sure I can turn it back on now. There'll probably be some after failure because if I don't, uh, we're going to hear some strange nut guttural noises, and David's going to claim he's singing. I got to prevent that. So I'm going to make sure he doesn't. You know, I'll tell you, I've heard it before. I've only heard it. You only have to hear it once, then you don't want to hear it ever again. <laughs> you have nightmares. Think of David C. Oh, there's. By the way, remember this. This is the bullet hole they claim was fired from the tool book deposit in the back of his head. This bullet's going to go through the neck and come out of through the neck and down into Connolly. So remember that. That's what he might have very well seen that. But note, I'm going to explain why he would have seen it. This would have existed because this uh, would not have existed. But maybe he thought he saw it or something, or maybe he was told to see it. I don't know. This did not exist. This is what existed. This missing, this flap was gone. Dead, gone, disappeared. Man. And you're going to see doctors testify that the bullet came in to the right temple, meaning around this thing a little bit into there directly. Doctors at Parkland Hospital, all of them have testified it was a wound to the right temple, the right temple, not from the back, it came from the front. Either the driver did it across like this or the grassy hole did it. I'm willing to accept if we can prove. Okay, now. When they got the when they uh, got the police inside the school book depository, the first rifle they found was a 7.65 Mauser, not a Carcano, made in Germany. This is what was stamped on the top of the rifle on the barrel: 7.65 Mauser, made in Germany. It was legible on the top of the rifle. Here, here's the rifle. There's the the, uh, the, uh, the bullet end, and right in here in the top. 7.65 miles were made in Germany. The first, and there are three policemen who testified. This is what they found was a Mauser, not the Manlicker Carcano. When did they find that? Later, baby, later. The first and only rifle. Oswald's rifle said made Italy caliber 6.5. That's what the Manlicker Carcano said. So if they looked at it, they would have seen this on the top of the Manlicker Carcano and said it was made in Italy, but they said it was a... a, 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 a yeah, what? The Mauser. Mauser, thank yeah. you. It's not quick, quick in my memory. It slips away. 
Oswald's gun. There it is. There it is. This is the mouse of the Manlicker Carcano. The U.S. News and World Report published this, found it in a catalog put out by some uh, a gun seller in Chicago. You know. There's the mouse. Uh, the, there's already a scope. Remember that as well. This is an M1 rifle. An M1, which is a quality rifle. And there's no scope on it. And this one, this cost him like $12 or $15. This one would have cost him $25. But he bought this thing. The Italians called it a suicide rifle. It couldn't, it, it couldn't hit anybody except the, the shooter. This is a Mem 1. You could buy it for, how they got them. It was army surplus, I'm sure. But you yeah, could have bought yeah. this mail order for about, I think, double what you paid. You paid $25. You paid $15. This was maybe $30. So what do you want to buy a rifle and then have the mount? This one already came with a uh, scope on it, already mounted. So this is the rifle he bought. I think it says someplace here, twelve ninety five or twelve three thirteen bucks or whatever it is. Yeah. Of course, this is very poor quality. The one on top is a Mauser. That's a Mauser. Can you read that? No, I have a Mauser. <laughs> you hold, hold that. By the way, hold that for later. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about this, please. Sure. Tell us about the Mauser. In fact, if you would be so kind, if you if you could go get the rifle, can you do it? You still own it? Yeah, I got it right over here. Hold on a second. I'll be right back. Please hold, okay, keep hold talking, on. Bro. Okay, I'll keep talking. We're going we're gonna see if it says that on top of it. This be okay, it's possible it doesn't. But the stuff I read said it was there. It's showing up on the top of the rifle. And uh, it's gonna show us that it that's okay. Okay, here I'm gonna pause this. This slide, hold on. Now let's have David tell us if he can see what, what type of rifle it is. God, I hope the FBI is not listening, David. They might come after you, right? Okay. Are you holding the Mauser in your hands? I am holding the Mauser in my hands. Can you look upon the top? Um, looking at the top, however, on this rifle, it is stamped on the receiver. Okay. And it says, uh, <laughs> uh, Czechoslovakia, uh, Zerohova, something That's like good. that. Czechoslovakian. Yeah, so Czech, Czech Mauser. It's supposed to be the Czechoslovakian version of a Mauser, they're showing me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's, uh, uh, it was used in a war. Yeah. Okay, tell me, tell me how, how easy it was to find the Czechoslovakian name on the side. Would you have seen that? If you can't read it across the top, you look someplace else. Right. Would you see it? Would it pop out at you? Oh, yeah, These definitely. Because it's one of the only writings on there. <laughs> so it would show you. Mm -hmm. Anyone who picked the rifle up wants to know what it is, is going to look for it. If it doesn't say it up here, it says it over here on the side. And you mm -hmm. say this is not just the size of that. This is the size of this, right? Right. Oh, my God. But no one as the Warren Commission said it was a man liquor carcano. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And shout after one pimp shows the Dallas police carrying the assassination. Well, oh, I've been looking for this picture for years. I've never found it. So if it was the picture, if it was published or found, it was quickly grabbed by the Dallas Police Department or someone else, maybe the FBI. Because this I cannot find this picture. But it shows an unpublished film clip shows shortly thereafter the 1 p.m. deadline. It was killed at 1230. Shows the Dallas Police carrying 
the assassination weapon out of the book depository. Boy, I'd love to see that picture, and I cannot find it. If anyone can find that listening, please get in touch with me and tell me you got it, because I'd love to see That's That's major evidence, because it was 1 o'clock, the Kennedy, Kennedy was shot at 12.30. So within the next half hour, one half an hour, that rifle was taken out of the book department, and the Mauser disappeared. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. I paused it. Okay, very good. Oh, my gosh, we got past that little uh, interlude. I sent David off to find the rifle rather than having singing, so that was a break. <laughs> <laughs> the rifle oh, you're does not, crafty. <laughs> notice this. The rifle does not have a scope, and thus cannot be the Oswald's rifle. There's testimony where a man looking like Oswald came in and brought the band liquor carcano to have the scope put on top, yet the, the picture of that rifle had the scope automatically. Mm-hmm. So once again, okay, the nitrate test administered to Oswald, we'll talk about that, on the day of the assassination clearly exonerated him from having fired the rifle within the past 24 hours. Now, wait a minute. This is the reason they test the face. They check the cheeks because when the rifle explodes, it kicks uh, powder or bird powder all over here. And if it gets on you, it stays. And they have a way of testing it to see if it's nitrate. And if it is, that means you fired the rifle. He had nitrates on both hands, but not on his cheek. The nitrates could have been left by a substance other than gunpowder. In, in books I've read, the books that he carries come off on you know, that, the carbon, the, uh, the box sides, you can handle with your hands, and your hands will pick up nitrate, which would show up on the nitrate test. So that's what they found on the hands. <laughs> Apparently, none of those boxes hit Oswald in the cheek. Hmm. So he couldn't have shot Oswald using that rifle. But I'm going to show you that he couldn't even handle the rifle. That's part of the evidence how serious this whole problem is. Oswald did not fire a rifle that day at all, did not shoot his pistol. Zing, zip, zero, we'll prove it, we'll prove it, we're going to prove it. The Warren Commission dug up an expert who testified that in the Manlicker Carcano rifle, the chamber is so tight that no nitrates are admitted upon firing, and the commission used this testimony to dismiss the whole ex-subject. How much of an expert, listen to this, however, the inventor of the nitrate test subsequently tested the Manlicker Carcano and found that it did leave nitrate traces. He was not called to testify to the Warren Commission. Does that seem to hint conspiracy? Yeah. Is it possible that they're framing Oswald and said he fired the rifle with no nitrate? But the gun was so, some guy said it was, and he claimed to be an expert. Maybe he worked for the CIA. I wonder, maybe. But the guy that invested in found out. We don't have any proof. This is the police chief. We don't have any proof that Oswald fired the rifle. No one has been able to put him in that building with a gun in his hand. How many people? No one. This is the police chief. Hours later. Here's the school book department. I think that's the, there's the sixth floor window right there. Oswald was supposed to be in that corner. There's the man with the pointer pointing out, I must be talking about this. Okay. 
remember G and J. We'll talk about these two individuals later, G and J. And there's Elm, then the car spit up, and uh, Zapruder is G, and he shut the down, so we don't see the, we see the car enter it, but not come out, of course, or anyone else. He didn't turn over there. Oh, this is a lady named, uh, uh, I think I'll zoom in on the date, uh, who, who it is. Oh, uh, no, I, I say it. It's a, a newspaper article someone sent to me. Roxanne, I believe, I can't read it, but Cheryl McKinnon said, my last look at Kennedy, she saw him. And I don't remember what it said. Let's see if I said here. Uh, uh, well, anyway. Anyway, she's three, three, three shots rang out. I turned towards that grassy knoll where it seemed the sounds originated. Puffs of white smoke still hung in the air. There it is right there, photograph, very poor quality. That white stuff there, and inside here you can see it. That's the car going underneath the underpass. That's a puff of white smoke right there. Senator Yarbrough in car number three when he went through here said he smelt gunpowder in this area. Yarborough senator said he smelled it. No one else did, but Yarborough put it in writing. He smelled gunpowder from the grassy knoll. There's the car speeding away. There's this car. There were, this is probably car number four, so whatever it is. And maybe they were, maybe Yar, no, Yarborough was in a, a limousine. In fact, I think he was in car number three with Linda Johnson. The book that I just read said that Kennedy arranged that intentionally. Because Johnson hated Yarborough, and he put him together in the in the braid. <laughs> Stick it in your ear. You better put up with anybody, because your buddies, as far as the public knows, you better be friends. But gun uh, uh, gun smoke right there, filtering down by the time Yarborough went. I think it was in like car number three or four, so maybe he's already by. So he might have smelled even some of that. That's what the grass, you know. That's some evidence. That, at least one shot was fired from the grassy knoll. The Warren report does not account for the near-miss bullet that hit a curb and injured a bystander named James T. This is the third shot. This is why they had to come up with the single bullet theory. They found out, I'll show you the evidence that this man was injured by the third shot, which missed completely. This is a guy named Richard Sprague right there is a it's a, it's a blood that's blood he was standing over here there he is under the underpass across 200 yards 100 yards away from the school book depository and the bullet shot hit down here in the curb and banged up and got him in the chin right here well they call it what you want the flesh of the chin he didn't even know it was on him until he walked over here and said you got blood on your chin no i don't i don't uh, what is it? He took a wipe and found out it was blood. So he reported it to the police. And it was a, a wild shot. There it is in the curb. This is a this is a FBI or police department photograph with a ballpoint pen painting to the neck. The bullet hit, came down like, of course, I'm up above it, like this. Bang. And it went back up and got sprayed, sprayed in, the, in the chin. And there's the nest. Now let's read what happens to this piece of concrete. Let's draw a line from the point of impact on that curbstone, the, the word broke, back to a position within a circle with an 18-inch diameter around the president's head and shoulders. Okay, now we're going to take the line back, and we're going to show you a diagram of this. 
curve stone back to a position within an 18-inch circle. Okay, if we project that circle, 18 inches, back to some firing point, we have placed that gunman in a window on the second floor of this Dow Tech's building behind the president's car. Huh. In other words, if that was a wrong shot, if we draw a line from that same point of contact with the curbstone back to the alleged gunman's lair in the sixth floor of the depository building, read this, America, we discover that the bullet would have traveled about 17 feet above the president's car and quite a distance to its right. He, he missed. This is the bullet that dots or dashes coming down, getting the car down here. And going on, it missed the car by 17 feet. So it was a bad shot from here to the grassy hill. But if you take it from the Dell Tex building straight down like this, it goes over and nearly hits, hits the, it misses completely and goes down and breaks the piece of concrete and hits Craig. And this shot caused the Warren Commission that uh, Senator, what's his name, Specter came up with this whole phony theory. That's where the bullet went, 17 feet above. So the first shot for this great expert Oswald, if he fired that shot, because the only shots were fired from here, then he missed it by 17 feet. Wow. And it was five feet to the right. This great marksman expert missed the first shot, bang, over here. But by this time, uh, what's his name? It's JFK's already injured. It's, there's a sign here. Uh, let me see where it'd be, right here. The, the uh, Severance Freeway sign, which, so anyway, let's just hold that. Notice there's there's Kennedy right there. That's what, 17 feet above and 10 feet above the right, five feet to the right. So that shot was a bad miss, I thought. On Saturday, November the 23rd, the next day, the 22nd, this is shot, 23rd, the curbstone with the mark of the bullet strike on it was removed and replaced. In other words, the policeman saw it or the FBI found it and said, boy, we can't have that later on here. They're going to start taking pictures of it and find out there was a missing shot. So we better replace that. So let's rip it apart and replace it. The Dow Tech's building would have been a logical field of fire from the rear of the car with no intervening tree. This thing caused enormous problems because Oswald had to wait while the car went underneath the tree to come out of it. So he was shooting down on the tree. He had to wait. Here's the car coming. This the tree. And he had to wait till I came out over here to start firing. This thing caused all sorts of problems. It made him delay. He had no free shot because the tree was in the way. This great, great shooter didn't analyze or think about the tree being in the way. And he missed the shot right here when the car came around the corner. This would have been a perfect shot because he's almost directly overhead. Well, nearly a straight down, maybe a slight degree ahead. So the Dow Tex building, the one that was over here, here's the, here's the sixth floor. Okay, this is a, a, a white assistant press secretary, Malcolm Kilder. I better pause this, because I don't, want, I don't want, you to, I want you to notice what he did. Kilder was in the hallway in the Parkland Hospital, outside the room, let's say it was here, where they're operating to save Kennedy's life. He was outside the door, waiting for some notification. Now, this guy came from Washington, D.C. He was the assistant press secretary, Malcolm Kilder. That's him right there. So he walked, he waited. Dr. Burke Bilkey, Bilkey, I think his name was, walked out the door and said to this man, you can announce to the press corps 
John Kennedy died at one o'clock. So, and he said to him, or maybe the doctor said, it was a right temple wound, right temple. So he walks into the press corps, Malcolm Kildred from Washington, D.C., just got it from my eyewitness, the personal physician of JFK, points to the right temple to show where the fatal shot, the fatal shot hit him, the one that splattered all that blood right there. Well, that's where he, he was told, someplace in the right temple. So this, this man added a piece of the puzzle that the Warren Commission didn't like. Because this implies a front a shot from the front. You see that? Either the driver did it or the grassy knoll from the front. The shot did not come out that way. This is the shot, a single bullet shot that obliterate oh, forgive me, I'm doing on two killer. Probably this whole area, at least part of his eye, and maybe this much of it. Here's Dr. Charles Crenshaw. This man was in the room and then 25, 30 years later, 40 years later. He came out, and this was a TV show. I took this off my TV set. So that's what that stripe means. He's on television in the room. This is the room he was working to save his life, inside Parkland Hospital. He comes out and says, listen, I was inside with my hands getting bloody. Forgive me. And, he, okay, here's this doctor was was quoted in the Associated Press on April 19th. I can't read that, 82 was maybe. So 25, 40, 30 years later, whatever it was, he finally comes out and says he was shot from the front. This is about Charles Crenshaw. Let's show you that picture of Dallas, a doctor who was there getting his hands, trying to frantically save Kennedy's life. There is the second time he points to the right temple. This time's a little bit higher, but notice he's using his right finger to show that right side of his head was injured. This is Charles Crenshaw. Crenshaw was ordered, maybe I said that, there it is, a close-up maybe of that particular. So he's pointing pretty much. The right temple is more, I would think, well, I guess you could say this whole section, I don't know. But I'm not a doctor. But at least he's pointing to where he thought the shot came. And he was right there watching, doing it with his hands and getting blood to save John Kennedy, Dr. Charles Crenshaw. They, all the men in the, in the room were ordered by an admiral to remain silent. And that if you opened your mouth about it, consequences would be yours. So he said, I'm not going to do it. Here's the one, Berkeley. John Kennedy's personal physician said, to him, oh, by the way, the doctor said, Crenshaw, I decided I'm getting old. If they want to come get me, I'm going to tell the truth. Thank you. God bless you. Charles right. Berkeley right. told uh, 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 Kildreth, head shot from the front, head shot from the back. No, not from the back, from the front. Remember that. That's crucial. Now, let's talk about the gun. I'm going to do the best I can to convince you. This is Fred Church. He was in sometime in the 70s or so. He's a senator from Idaho. He's holding the uh, uh, Senate uh, House Security and whatever it is, Committee on the CIA. And he talks to the director. We'll show a picture of him here in a minute. He says, did you bring that gun with you? The guy responds, yes, I did. Well, the one that you could use for assassinations? And he said, well, it could, you could, you could use it for that reason, although it hasn't been. Now, let's see what happens. Let's talk about this. Because I believe we're going to actually see a picture of the gun that killed John Kennedy. Hold on. 
This, what's going to follow will be very revealing. Just be patient. I didn't mention you're on a jury whether you like it or not. And that means you got to listen to both sides and then make a decision. I'm going to try to prove that the gun we're going to see, if I'm right, I have to concede there's still a chance the grass, you know, if I'm right, this was the gun that did it. And watch what happens. Because he's going to say, there, okay, now, I know this is where it took it while the thing was running. This is the gun. He, he's uh, uh, put it down, or at least he's picking it up. This is the, the assistant. This is where the CIA director is sitting. So he's the second man in. He's going to pick the gun up. And I'm, the camera's over here, you know, shooting this way. He's going to walk like this in front and then go over to the table. So that's the gun laying on its side. I don't know what that is. Maybe a tag or something to indicate it's a gun. Or maybe it's something, a clipboard or whatever it is. But that's the gun right there. That's the barrel. That's the, uh, the hand part. And now watch what happens to this gun. It's being picked up and delivered like this. And then over to the uh, center of the church over here in front of the, the CIA director right here. So hold on, he's picking it up. There it is, that's my friend uh, with the pointer uh, doing what I'm doing right now. That's the gun right there. So hold on, wait till you see how I can, this This is the first, if I'm right, this one will prove it. But once again, it's just conjecture. I can't prove it directly because no one, okay, there, there it is. Or maybe, maybe that was the way it was laying on the table. Uh, no, that's the gun. That's the that's this is the bullet end here I think, and that's that's it's got a scope on it. That's that, we'll cover that in a minute. So this is the pistol, uh, I believe the handle I'll call it, and the bullet comes out over there. So now notice this: Barry Goldwater picks up the gun first. There it is. That's the gun I believe shot, and it's got a scope on it now. So Barry Goldwater picks the gun up first and looks through the uh, maybe through the bullet or maybe the. The scope, I don't know, but he's kind of, this should be higher. But he's looking, maybe looking through the bullet. Here, maybe he's got the breech open or something. But he's looking with the gun like most men hold it up. Now, let's see if this gun has any significance. This is where our government develops its um, chemical warfare, Fort uh, Dietrich. We're going to see that here in a minute. Two-story building in Maryland, Fort Dietrich, Maryland, where we develop our chemical warfare. Warfare elements, where they are. This is the back, of course, the back of the building, but sure, this is real Fort Dietrich. I'll show you a sign. There, Everett Hamill is going to walk in. He's being followed by the cameraman. He stops and starts to reach into this area over here. And he starts to say, Yes, we developed a um, highly toxic uh, 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 killer. It's a liquid. It's called the gelfish. Gelfish uh, toxin. It's highly toxic. It's the most toxic element we know of in the world. Shellfish toxin from some sort of shellfish. And we can use it to assassinate people, although it's never been used for that purpose. Everett Hale, there he is right there. He works for our government. He had a Fort Dietrich. Fort Dietrich. He's a, what was I say, virologist or something? I, know, I can't read it. But he's an expert. He's the guy who knows about this. He, he can use this thing over here because it's highly toxic. This is one of those things with a glove in it. You stick your hand in and you can pick up and move around and then pull your hand out. You don't get any of the toxic stuff there's any in the arm. So he knows Microbiology. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Well, you got good eyes. Well, I have to say this. Your eyes are better than your voice. <laughs> Microbiologist. That's what you can read? Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay, now let's cover some more secrets. Oh, I guess I didn't get into the picture of Goldwater. Oh, no, we're kind of covers in a minute. We're not through with Goldwater. Remember Barry Goldwater. Servicemen in Fort Worth, the service, secret servicemen, were told to stand down. They were not needed. The commander of an army unit, especially trained in protection in San Antonio, had been told he and his men would not be needed. There was no secret service protection. We'll cover that in a minute. Along the route, it was like five miles long with tall buildings and turns. And nine secret service men were out on the town the night before the, assass the assassination, including four agents who were to ride in the president's follow-up car in Dallas and whose alertness was one. This is against the rule number one. When the shooting started, the White House detail was confused. Maybe some of them were drunk and their behavior was unresponsive. And I'll show you that in a minute. Proof. So they were out having a party till past midnight. They know that. There's testimony of other Secret Service agents that found out. So this is significant. What were they doing? They were supposed to be protecting the prison, but they're all out drinking. Jeez. Secret Service guidelines state that when the motorcade must travel at slow speeds, which it was doing eight miles an hour, it is essential that there must be protection personnel on the ground in buildings and on top of buildings. They know it's not going to be doing at least, I think 15 is the minimum. 15 to 25 is the slowest they can go is 15. They were driving at eight miles an hour. They were, they was timed from the Love Field. The airplane landed in Love Field at around 11, uh, at, at 10.30 or so. They got out of the airplane, got in the car, drove out about, must have been 10 miles or something on the streets, ending up in front of the Dow Text building. I mean, didn't tell them, the school book depository. Must be protection personnel on the ground, in the buildings. Four souls of Secret Service said that he and a Mr. Lawson of the, the Secret Service and the Gospelsman selected the best route to take him to the trademark from the field. But the morning before the, he showed up, the route was changed to this. The car was supposed to go this way. The plans were, but someone changed them to do this, to put him in front of the Dallas, the uh, Texas school book. Who changed it? I can't find out, but somebody did because the original route was to go straight. The Dallas Morning newspaper published a picture of this route here, with, with this missing, of this route in the newspaper, I think it was the day before, maybe the day of, because he didn't get here till 11.30. So this was not in the original route. This was added when they made sure that Oswald was up there. I'm gonna show you how close Kennedy came to not having been shot. In a few minutes. So the route change in front of this Texas school book puzzle was ordered by Earl Cabell, who was the mayor, the mayor of Dallas, brother of the fired head of the CIA, Charles Cabell. Oh, Charles boy. Cabell was head of the CIA, and he's the one, he's the one that got fired because of the Bay of Pigs, or at least they were the Bay of Pigs invasion, which was a failure, and he Kennedy realized that. He took the blame for it like every president should, but he knew the CIA wanted it to fail. The Bay of Pigs was intended to fail. I proved that, proved that in my book, The Unseen Hand. So if you want to know why Kent, why he was fired, 
and his brother's the one that made sure the move went over there. And four souls, I guess, and maybe Cabell was the one make sure that they made that swing over there in front of the school book depository. That should tell you about something by itself. Oh, this is the back of the Lincoln. I took these pictures myself. This is in Detroit, actually in Dearborn, Michigan. There's the back bumper. One, one man stands here. One man can stand here. They've got this thing there to hang on to so they don't fall off. So there's two, these, there's a total of four men that could protect Kennedy on the car. So please remember that. I'll show you where the other two are going to be. There's enough for the man to stand and hang on to the hole here with the holder on the trunk. And of course, this is the Continental. It was the car that uh, designed specially bulletproof to drive uh, the president. This is the one that actually Kennedy was seated right over here. This is, of course, the top that was added because the car was a convertible at the time. Okay, here's the side. There, this thing is a rolling. You push it in, pull it, you grab it and pull it out, and then it locks into position. So two, one on here and one on the other side, plus the two in the back. Four men could protect the president. Notice there's no man protecting. This is the hard top. There was a bubble top. Uh, this is the hard top. And there's also a convertible top that can be inserted, but I think that's made out of naga hide or something. Now, there's Kennedy standing in the very same car, taken either before, but probably before, he's standing by himself. Now, it's been commented that the reason they were not told here was because of a conspiracy. Wrong. Here's a picture of John Kennedy in a parade. These are people watching him drive by. There's a car over here, and that might be a secret service agent either on the car or standing or something. I don't know what that bump is, but notice he's standing and there's no one beside him. I've got four pictures of him standing in various cars, being standing or at least sitting in the car he's being. So Kennedy himself ordered the Secret Service not to protect him. So don't believe the conspiracy theories. They're wrong. And I'm one of those that believed it as well, that he should have been there, but they weren't. Because if he was been here, the shots coming in like this, they probably wouldn't have gotten him. But that conspiracy theory is wrong, and I prove it. I'm one of those conspiracy theorists that doesn't buy this conspiracy. There's proof right there. Kennedy is standing. I've got at least four pictures of him in either this car or similar cars in, in a, circuit, you know, a parade route being driven through the streets, standing up or at least sitting in the car with no bubble top or no convertible top. So wrong. And I noticed, remember that I'm the one that pointed that out if it ever comes up. Mm -hmm. It's bogus. There he is. You can use this picture as evidence. There's wow. there's the mirror. We're going to see that a little later. Section, I think section one. I think section two comes on automatically. Hold on. No. Uh, okay. I think it does. I think it does. So there's his the intersection. There's a whole bunch of time yeah, there's on the a, Hold on. Maybe it does. No, I, I, I better feel. Oh, yeah, I want to talk. I a funny story to tell you because I did. Have you ever heard the one about the caterpillar and the, the, the uh, uh, minister? Uh, no. Oh, fortunately, <laughs> this thing's showing up because I was going to fill with a corny story. Thing. Section two, there's the man. There's no question. Everybody in the world knows this. The Warren Commission certified. They did a thorough investigation. It took them 11 months. The, the, the thing on, Ken, on Trump took 18 months. This took 11 months. This man did not 
did not, did not shoot Kennedy. This man did not, did not shoot the policeman. He did not shoot either one. This is Leo Oswald. There's no question. These are pictures released by the by the uh, Dallas Police Department, or maybe the County Sheriff. I don't think it's the Police Department. Just remember this for reasons you'll learn in a minute. The T-shirt. The T-shirt. The T-shirt, right? And the, uh, a jacket. Well, once again, there it is. Uh, let's see. Well, I don't know what what this thing shows. Uh, let's see if I, I make some notes. Uh, oh yeah, we're going to cover J, uh, letter J. This man. Notice he's on the other side. This is a guy taking a picture from here when the car got right about here, or maybe more up here more. So when this shot was here, this is this is J on the. There's the school book. That's the north side. This on the south side. I think he's actually in the in the curb, at least by the curb, standing there with the camera in his hands. So remember J, and remember G. We'll cover G later. So yeah, there, we're going to see. He took a picture, and there, and you're going to see that opening right there. Uh, notice. Okay, we'll do that in a minute. This is a blow up of it, a part of it. There's Kennedy. There's the, the, uh, the uh, rear view mirror. There's his arms being held up. You can just start to see Jack over here. And there's the two drivers in shadow on this side. But this is, of course, the car coming towards him. He's on the, obviously, the driver's side. So now we're going to, oh, by the way, look at the Secret Service. They don't look here to Kennedy. They look over me. Oh, what was that? I heard a shot from Supper. What was that? And they're looking back here. Why don't they look here to see what happened? That means they, they, these guys might have been drunk that this is the second car. There it is. This guy's the one that jumps. As soon as there's a big gap here, he jumps down and crawls up on the curb on the truck to get Jackie from crawling out. Now, this is what I want to talk about right there. This is, you don't, by the way, there are steps. You, you don't walk in off the curb, I mean, on the sidewalk. You take a flight of stairs that end up about here, and then you walk under this covering for the last 10 or 12 feet of tile. So you walk up steps, enter the building on the second floor. This is the second floor. The first floor is a daylight basement, like over here, and there's windows over here. By the way, notice this. This guy had the right hand. He's looking at Kennedy, at least over that direction, because he heard the shot and looked directly to his, to his left, because that's where he heard the shot from someplace behind that policeman. But these guys look back, and this one looks again towards Kennedy. This guy doesn't know where to, where to look. He's looking at something, or just going to the right. There's the front of the building. The John uh, Oswald's up here in the sixth floor, if you can see that. Way up there shooting down, and they heard the first shot in there. Wait a minute, turn around, look to the right, because that's where the shot came from. So uh, they don't look at Kennedy. What happened? Maybe Kennedy was shot. No, they don't. This picture by itself is going to prove Oswald could not. He could not. He could not have shot. Because that's true. I want to prove. I believe the evidence is abundant. That's Lee Harvey Oswald right there. Wow. Standing wow. after the just after the first shot. Lee Harvey Oswald standing in the doorway looking at the, the, the cabin caller, which you want to. That's Lee Harvey Oswald. Hold on a minute. I believe I can prove it. And, and by the way, I'm going to ask David, who watched it, we talked about this here. There's, there's, I want you to remember the neckline, the V neckline T-shirt. And that's the Lee Harvey Oswald right there. Remember this. We'll cover that in a minute. 
that's Leo Roosevelt looking out. That's the, that's the side. Notice you, you can't see his feet because of the people in the way, but he's standing on the, the landing, but his feet are pretty probably inside. He's leaning out, looking somewhat down the, down the road. And the picture was taken. That I'm going to show you is the, over the coat. There's the, it's a coat jacket buttoned down here. But remember this, this is going to show up over and over again. This is a crease because this is, this is not a shirt, it's a shirt jacket. So you can wear it as a jacket and button it or zip it up to here, but Oswald put it on over a t-shirt. And there's the t-shirt and this V-neckline t-shirt. But remember this, please. And notice that it's buttoned down here. So it's not all the way down to his belt buckle. It's buttoned or maybe zipped. I guess, I think it's buttoned. We could probably tell from the picture. But if, if it's zipped, it would be zipped up to here, but it's a warm day. But he had this on with the V nickel, and that's insane. I'm trying to prove it now. Hold on. So uh, this is uh, this is not him. This is someone else, or a T-shirt, or a lady, or an umbrella. I don't know what that is. And there's other people. But remember this phrase as well: "Love lady," because they're trying to make us believe this is Billy Love Lady. Love Billy Love Lady. Love Lady. That's a strange name. That's almost as funny as the name Epperson. Isn't it? When I told David my last name, ever he laughed. He said, that's the funniest name I've ever <laughs> There, this is Billy Lovelady. Now, hold on. That's him right there. T-shirt, wearing. He was asked by the Warren Commission in February, just three months later, to show up, and they would take pictures of him wearing this shirt he wore during the shooting. So I, Tip Lovelady shows up. That's his. By the way, remember this. And remember that. The hairline. The hairline, yeah. But notice the shirt. Please remember the shirt. He was wearing a T-shirt. Now, his is curved. This looks like the normal curve you would have in a T-shirt. A, a, a neckline T-shirt. It's, it's tight against, at least close, up, up against the neck. But Oswald's loose. It's hanging in the V-neckline. Sometimes you'll see. Okay, there it is. Now, there appears again lovely. They're going to claim this is really lovely. That's the Warren Commission telling you that. This picture showed up in the Warren Commission. I've got a copy of the of a condensed version, and that's what it said. That says Love Lady Oswald. So they're gonna make us believe that this is not Oswald, but this is what convinces us it is. Ah, wait a minute, there's Oswald coming out of a, and there, you can't see this. This, I think, is a V-neck line. That's Leo Oswald. There's the sheriff or the, uh, 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 sheriff or the police chief and the number two guy. Well, this is an elevator. He's being walked out. The cameraman shoots the picture. Notice this. That the break is broke, moved up a little bit because he's now walking with his head leaning forward, and maybe it forced that that kind of twist down about here. But you're going to see it again later down around here. That right there is the damning evidence. That little crease right there. It's not flush like this one. So that shows that this is this whatever this is is a little bit tougher than a t-shirt which would wrinkle like this. There it is now. There, 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 there is the, this is a yeah, Tweety coat. And it's a red coat, by the way, it shows up black here. But there's, this is a V neckline. In fact, I think that's it right there. Mm -hmm. I think that's the, the, this side of it. It goes, you can't really see it, but I'll show you. I've got like four or five pictures, I believe the others will show. But that's clearly Lee Harvey Oswald. Remember this as well. That little break in his uh, head, that's a injury suffered. Uh, that's his eyebrow, but that's a bloody, 
uh, 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 wound right there on Rio Roswell. There he is. There's, this time it's moved up a little bit, maybe into a more of a circle. But there's that crease down further again, a little bit more down here this time. There's the straight line, and there's where it's buttoned. He didn't unbutton it. So this, once again, is the third, well, the second picture. And there it is again, another, there's a bleeding neckline. Here is, that's, this is him coming out of the elevator. There's that sheriff where it is. And there it shows a bleeding neckline clearly. And there's that crease right there. Maybe, the, no, I think that's it there. Maybe that's it there. We might have two creases, or whatever it is. Okay, now, so the question is, who's the man in the doorway? This man or this man? That's uh, of course it's really the warrant commission says really elaborate wearing the shirt. You can clearly see that by the way I've read where this is red and white. That's white stripe, that's red, red, white stripe. So this is two or three inches wide. And of course that's him standing right there in the wooden. You can see that, can't you? Because it's really the warrant commission says it's really elaborated, and there's the shirt he was wearing. There it is right there, and there it is again. You can see. Oh, that's don't don't look at this picture. Don't by the way, if I may be so blunt, I've read fifty some books on this. No one, but no one, but no one has ever connected this like this. Nobody, nobody, except old dumb Ralph Everson, that conspiracy theorist who's got tinfoil hat, brain has been out in the sun too long. Oh, Ralphie does it. He shows you these two men side by side. And he, by the way, remember that. I think that is Billy Lovelady's head put there by the Warren Commission or someone else, but it's not his shirt because that's the real shirt. We saw that's the real shirt in the Ogden's photograph in the Warren Commission. So we know that's 64. That's the first time that picture showed up, as far as I know, in the in the Warren Commission report. I've got a copy of it in my in my uh, probably two inches thick uh, condensed version of the Warren Commission. So that's not this man. It's not Billy Lovelady. The Warren Commission said the man the door was Billy. I'm sorry, I didn't want to. I was lying. I was telling you it was Lee Ivory Oswald also shot at Major General Edwin Walker in 63. It was before the assassination in November. He shot at this guy sitting in his house. He fired the Malik Cortana one shot and he missed. He missed. He could see him in the window sitting and he missed. This great expert marksman fired one shot. He was intending to kill Walker. And his shot, his shot missed. His shot missed. That's even in the Warren Commission. His shot didn't hit him. So this great man, this great expert, Leo Roswell, shooting Kennedy from a distance, moving cars and through trees and people moving in front and who knows who's listening and watching and standing in a window where he could be seen shooting with the rifle sticking out of it. Yeah, that the hell does that run away? Yeah, Major General Edward Walker. This guy's got a story you won't believe as well. We probably won't have time to cover it. What they did to this man. But Oswald said, this will look good for me because this man was a right-wing terrorist, one of those right-wing fanatics, Major General Edward Walker. I think that's what, a, a two-star? Two, one star? One star? Uh, Second star? Major General? Three, I think. Three, I think. Uh, no, I think Lieutenant General is three. Oh, okay. It's either Brigadier General Major or Major Brigadier. I think it's I think this is first, and then it's Brigadier General, and then uh, Major General. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Well, this is a picture of the house. Uh, this is wintertime. Uh, it was October, so that tree's dead. This looks like a, like a junkyard. But this is a Chevy in there, and Norse has been blacked out. Now, I understand why. This makes sense. 
But this was pointed out. I thought it was important because I thought maybe they were covering up something. But it's possible that people could find out whose car this was to find out maybe this was not Walker's house. But later on in the Warren Commission, that's been blacked out. So they someone took that their license plate out. And uh, my guess is that's that done by the Warren Commission because Oswald didn't do it. I'll prove that in a minute. So they were trying, I can understand that, maybe trying to protect this guy or the house and maybe the tenant who took over after Walker left or, you know, resigned or whatever. So someone owned a, a 56 or 50, 57 Chevy with that pointed back and peaked there. So there it is. This is what the Warren Commission has of the original debris that they collected. And there's the car right there with the debris and the dead tree and the license plate's not been boxed out. So Oswald didn't do it. This is stuff that they found in Oswald's house. Wow. Apparently it was Oswald who took the picture. That's the conclusion, because there it is, and there's uh, the license plates there. So somebody blocked it out, and I, my guess is that uh, if Oswald did it, then the sec it would be shown up here, because this was picked up after Oswald got shot at him in 63. So months later, this picture shows up uh, in November, when they um, when they searched his house or apartment, whatever it was, so I put that red arrow there. Of course, in the video, it's much clearer red. This is a maroon, but that's this this video. We'll forget was shot in with film, and I uh, I guess it was film. No, it was in a like maybe it might have been film. I don't remember. It was 1992. Okay, there now. Here's the car. They're putting. They've already put the cover on. They've opened the trunk, and they've got a bucket here. And these guys uh, have been pictured just before taking evidence out of the car and putting it in the bucket. Oh, these oh. are trained policemen. You don't do that until someone forensics takes a look and measures and counts and diagrams. Right? They put it in the, you're going to see the bucket being carried away in the next slide, I think. These are experts. These are policemen. This is not the FBI. These are dumbhead policemen, probably motorcyclists. They're they're helping. Oh, well, maybe here they're helping to put the, the cover back on. But they're already looking into Trump, which is, I guess, policemen's duties. But cleaning up blood and and there, there's the, I think that's the bucket right there. So they've got everything back, and now they're walking away. Okay, that's these they, these guys are probably Secret Service. And they're taking it inside or going to give it to the FBI or wherever it is. But that's the that's the uh, Lincoln he was in. He's now inside Parkland Hospital being uh, surgically operated on. Well, that doesn't make sense. Okay, now here's Oswald getting out of the school book departure. He got on a bus or something. Uh, took a road over here and came over again. Took a bus down this street. Got over here to 2-3. Now he's down here walking. Uh, walking here. He's, this is where... I think where he here. Uh, this is where he shoots uh, uh, Officer Tippett, and then he walks down this way road here, and then ends up. Uh, no, this is where um, that must be. No, I guess he picks up a car, a cab, or something, and then walks down here. Oh, this is Jack Ruby's. Oh, I'm sorry, I don't know what this is. I uh, Tippett. Oh, here's where he shoots Tippett. So way down after this, he gets another car. He shoots Tippett, then walks this way. And enters the, the theater. This is Lee Harvey Oswald uh, taking cabs and walking a distance. Here's oh, here's where he lived, and he picks up his uh, pistol here and puts on a jacket, another shirt, uh, duff, 
or maybe no, he takes, keeps that shirt jacket on and puts another one on. I guess he's expecting now to get to be taken to flown to. So here's Officer J.D. Tippy. That's a real life picture of him. Uh, probably the police picture of him. They took it out of some sort of manual. Was murdered within 45 minutes of the president's assassination. Dallas policeman. This guy gets shot. He's alive here. So he's driving. He was ordered to go to a spot, a certain location in the, the, the summer side, hillside, and sit and wait. So he drives his car and stops. And he's told to wait. He's an officer. He learns, he's listening to the, the police reports uh, talking about the Kennedy assassination. The other policemen are rushed to go in there. Tippett gets the order to stop. Stop right here by the side of a curb. He pulls up in the shirt. And then watch what happens to him. That's Officer Tippett. Because he's not going to make it. This poor man. There are people that believe the reason he's getting shot is because he looked like John Kennedy. Well, at least had facial features like him. I don't know. I've seen a split screen, half, half him and half Kennedy. And boy, there's some similarities, the high cheekbone and the curve and the mouth, very similar. But that's why they believe this man was shot, for reasons we'll cover later. Hmm. But anyway, Tippett gets shot. So he's being, he, of course, he's parked in a car, waiting for notification from the police department what to do next. But he knew, because someone's going to come along and shoot Tippett, and it's not going to be Oswald. I'll show you some evidence it couldn't have been Oswald, but the Warren Commission said it was. So now we got another problem. That's kind of, I don't know what I'm saying all about this, except maybe that's what I was talking about, the fact that they claim, people claim he looked like Kennedy, or at least had facial features comparable, because we're going to damage the, the face and the neck and who knows what else. Okay. Okay, here, here's the major problems in Oswald. There wasn't enough time to get him from the school book to pass the way down to here. Eyewitnesses are going to say that it wasn't Oswald. Oswald's gun was wrong, uh, and I didn't see the third one. Bullets didn't matter. Okay, here, eyewitness number one. He was kind of chunky. He was kind of heavy. He was kind of short. Yes, there was another man on the other side of the street. That's what eyewitness number one said. Uh, Oswald, was Oswald chunky? No, he was very slender. Was he heavy? No. Was he kind of short? Maybe yes. You could conclude he was five, I think five ten, at the tallest. Well, that's you could he's medium sight, but kind of short, which means maybe even shorter. Yes, there was another man on the other side of the street, but we don't know who this guy was. That's eyewitness number one. The Warren Commission interviewed him, and he said, "Well, he's kind of chunky." Uh, that didn't sound like Oswald to me. Kind of heavy. No, it wasn't Oswald, and kind of short. No, well maybe. Another man on the side. I'm sorry, I don't. I covered a set of the words here, mm -hmm. but there wasn't enough time to get from there down to here. When he shot, it was like this over here. And he's going to walk over with a pickup, go to a uh, movie theater, and we're going to make. I'm going to make an observation. Not, I don't think it's in there, but I want you to know something. It's going to help me later on when I talk about Jack Ruby. Because uh, we'll talk about that when we get to the theater. So Oswald's walking. Uh, would you hurry up, Oswald, please? <laughs> <laughs> I hear a song coming on. Run, <laughs> <laughs> Oswald, please, to get here. Get here, move. Oswald, you got to run. We're waiting for you. Uh, I don't know. I must talk a lot of time here.
Well, obviously, I'm trying to fail here. Here we go. Yeah, second, I would mention the governor was short, true, a little on the heavy side with somewhat bushy hair. Did Oswald have bushy hair? No, he's thinning hair. It's just a small, you know, curve pushed over. And it was just not slack. He was a, not a heavy side. He was short. That's true. Both of them were saying 5'11 might be short, might be 5'9. A little on heavy side was somewhat bushy, bushy hair. Oswald didn't have bushy hair. So I went to number two, didn't see Oswald. We got one more to go, I think. Hmm. But notice these people probably didn't testify. These probably came out of uh, out of uh, the books I read. Uh, now remember, okay, I'll, the, number three, the killer was short and stocky. Oh, that guy named Grenier. He didn't say about his bushy hair, but he was still short. Was Oswald short and stocky? No, no, no. It wasn't kind of short. He was five foot six, maybe, and stocky. I witnessed number three. None of these three witnesses saw Leo Oswald, and they were the only witnesses. Well, maybe the man across the street. We don't know who that guy was. Nobody talked about him. I wonder how long these people lived after they gave their testimony. <laughs> yeah. Oswald's rooming house, the Tippett shooting, Jack. Oh, he could have. Some people theorize he was on his way to Jack Ruby's house, and that's why he picked up the, the pistol. Because he's going, he's going to realize he's being uh, being framed. So he's going, but but it's close. But but he didn't, he didn't, he wasn't going because he walked this way. He didn't go near Jack Ruby's house. Because we know, we know approximately how long it would take to get past the temperature shooting and walk this way and end up with the uh, the movie theater way over here. Because he walked that distance, we know that. From the tippet shooting, he was seen walking. And by the way, he discards his jacket. So now we're going to go back to the uh, the red one, the maroon one, or the treaty one. Oh, we're going to go back to the red and white stripes. I'm sorry, that's right. So you know, the it's Jack. Uh, Jack. Uh, it's a. So Ruby, lovely. I mean, uh, Ruby. <laughs> yeah, Oswald couldn't walk that fast. I'm sorry, Oswald. We were ever treating with you to run. Gosh, you're still waiting here. Oswald, get down to the theater. Did I show the theater down? I guess not. Next, we're gonna, I'm going to move this up here in the next foyer. How close he was to me. But notice it's very close to the tip of, to the Jack Ruby house. It might have, it might have very, okay, that's another thought. There, there's Oswald's. Now, uh, I think, it, it, was this called a pistol or a revolver? That's a revolver. That's a revolver. Okay, what does that mean? What's a pistol? Well, a pistol is the general term. His revolvers and his automatic pistols. Automatic. It's just an automatic? No, it's a revolver. Okay, the four, the, the, the guy, the suspect, dropped all four bullets. He killed four, sorry, the cartridges that he dropped. He took cartridges out and dropped them. Okay, now, let's, please, if I may, David, yeah. please help us. Would, would the revolver he, he, uh, kick the cartridges out? After you fire them, no, they end no, up an automatic out. weapon would do that. You would have to, okay. you would have to take them out manually. Okay, so yeah. in other words, if 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 this was Oswald shooting him with a revolver, because we know that's his pistol, he had a pistol, he'd have to be stupid and pull the cartridges out, right, and leave them behind. Mm -hmm. Now, when they got it, the 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 uh, the cartridges were two Winchesters and two Remingtons. But there were three Winchesters and one Remington inside Ruby, uh, uh, Tippett. Oh my it doesn't match. 
Somebody was dropping evidence. Yeah. Who would, who would do this? The guy, the fat and stocky guy with the bushy hair. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's, but he missed it. He should have had three and one, but he didn't know how many shots. But this gives him some coverage. I, but I, apparently he shot at least four times into, into Oslo, uh, Tippett. Right. But this is a, even if it's, if this was a man shooting with a pistol, a pistol, no, a revolver, these wouldn't have shown up. None of these would have shown up. Unless, and I'm sorry, they would have shown up. He would have picked them up. No assassin's going to leave evidence like that because they'll be able to trace these, where he bought them, how old they were, and also what kind of pistol or revolver fired them. But Oswald had a pistol, and he didn't, if he didn't shoot him, he was he felt so stupid to leave him. Right. So that's further evidence. That, oh, I'm sure I put it put it in a hold. Okay, this doesn't make sense. But this no, is once you get evidence. So, okay. Now, the commission called its witness, FBI, as its witness, the ballistic expert in Cunningham, and he testified that it was impossible to determine whether or not these bullets had been fired from Oswald's gun. Uh -huh, wait a minute. He's an expert in ballistics? Can't tell? So the conclusion is clear. Oswald did not shoot Tippett. But the Warren Commission said he did. And they know they're the experts and we have to believe our government. Our government would not cover up this. Oswald, he had to cover because they wanted, the reason they framed him was to show that he was willing to kill. To, to be uh, free. So he got down there and got stopped by Tippett, who he walked by on the way by. And he, oh my God. And Tippett got out of the car. And so Oswald killed him to silence him to let the, so that he could go to the theater and do what he was supposed to do there. And so that's how he did it. And he ran for and Maybe we, we tried to get him to run. Apparently he didn't run because he couldn't get there, even if he did. Because we know how long it took to get. We got. By the way, as soon as that word got out, some guy called a neighbor, the guy that owns a shoe store, walked to the theater and said, Oswald just walked right in. He didn't pay for it. So he went to the lady and said, you better call your boss because the man that just entered the theater didn't pay for it. So guess what? She calls, uh, she calls her boss and the boss calls the police. And guess what? Not one man came to say, well, uh, man, you better pay your fee in 75 or a quarter. Ten 25 policemen showed up. Huh. This book, huh. the making of the president, I'll show you, maybe show you a picture. Theodore White, the party learned that there was no conspiracy and they learned the identity of Oswald and, uh, and of his arrest. I don't know what he meant by the party. Oh, the Democrat, I, I don't know. I'm sorry, I don't remember what this thing means. Uh, there is, there is no I got the party and I'm obviously discussing it here, but I, I, I didn't watch this, so I don't remember what I said. But so whatever party, but there, there was no, there, there, the official answer is that there was no conspiracy and they learned the identity of Oswald and of his arrest. Hmm. So where, I, I don't know what I said to talk about this, doesn't make sense. Because I can't remember it and I'm sure I'm explaining it in some detail, but I don't know. Okay, David, go ahead and say it. Well, if we can't, if you can't explain what you're saying, we don't know to trust you, Epperson. So therefore, all that you're saying is a bunch of hogwash. Say it out loud, David. Go ahead. I can't it. say I that. Can't. It's not true. <laughs> <laughs> but I can sing a few songs for you. If you know. <laughs> no, no, please, David. I'll keep talking, please. <laughs> so in other words, you're not going to... There was no conspiracy. Of course, not. 
please understand, just from what I've covered, you've got to agree. And even then, I'm only covering a brief synopsis of what I'm saying here. This is well, probably about an hour's worth, an hour and a half to here, down here, where I don't know if you can see the little blue line, mm -hmm. but we're down over here. We're going to be out, out and gone here, so we've got maybe 25 minutes to go so far. Oh, we've only covered an hour. Six o'clock. Yeah, we've been out for an hour and 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're we've not going to be. Well, yes, three hours. That's right. I never believed that Oswald Ackman, oh, no, no, I can accept that he pulled the trigger. I don't know who said this. Probably uh, uh, Garrison. Um, yeah. No, this is the police chief, I think. Please forgive me. I do not remember. Oh, yeah, this this lady. This is a lady. This is Lyndon Johnson's uh, mistress. This lady surfaced years later, but there's Lyndon Johnson. She had a picture right here, and this lady conceived this man's son, and there he is. Now, you could argue, well, a lot of people... Forgive me for thinking, but I wouldn't want to look like Lyndon Johnson. No. <laughs> Maybe a lot of people do. God, if I look like Lyndon Johnson, I'd have plastic surgery. So anyway, there's Lyndon Johnson. This young man looks like that. And she's claiming that's my son. And I'm going to prove it now. Hold on. That this is real. She was his mistress. I'm going to show you later. Geraldo Rivera, when he did his own TV show back then, or one of the 80s or something, he's going to connect these two. Now, there's a little bit closer up. Maybe you could argue, well, maybe he did, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, this lady's claiming that that's her son as a result of her uh, being a mistress for this man right here. Mm -hmm. I remember this lady, and if we have time, I'll talk about her, because she's she's going to tell us. Okay. Uh, here's the letter. Geraldo, check. She brought this letter signed down here. And there's, that's her name, Madeline Brown. She lived in Dallas. Dear Madeline, so-and-so, I want you to know that we're going to keep making the payments as in accordance with Lyndon Johnson, who told us to do so. In other words, Lyndon is giving her money to keep her name and quiet and keep the boy out of the limelight. And this is his attorney signed here. And you'll see in the letter, if I could go back, you'll see the letterhead. So you can identify it and see if they're alive. Mrs. Madeline Brown lived in Dallas. Thank you for breaking up. Lyndon is sorry, but he's uh, told us to keep making the uh, payments. Uh, as we discussed in Houston, you have my personal assurance that I will uh, uh, continue with the payments. And Lyndon Johnson told Madeline, forgive me, I don't use these words, those GD, you use them if you wish, those GD candidates won't embarrass me again after today. That's not a threat. That's a promise. Whoa. Lyndon told her in Fort Worth, the airplane that he came from Washington went to Fort Worth for the breakfast and was on his way to lunch. So this was in Fort Worth. She went to Fort Worth and met Lyndon maybe that night sometime. And he told her after, so it must have been that morning, she was there at the breakfast. And he said, these G.D. Kennedy, both John and Bobby, won't embarrass me again after today. So she knew in advance. Now, this is called the psychological stress evaluator, which was made in the 80s or something. I've got a book by that title. I think I'll show you it in a minute. Because what they did is they take all of these uh, clippings of Lee Harvey Oswald and put it through a stress evaluator. This is not measuring stress. This is measuring voice, whether or not the voice shows stress. The lie detector you know, hooks you up to a machine, and it goes like this, and then nothing, and then it goes like this when you lie 
And then this, this is a measurement of voice. So they played these tapes over and over and over again and asked that this particular PSC thing could measure whether Lee Arouser was lying. And we've got a bunch of his tapes. Uh, he was interviewed, uh, 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 the public. No, I didn't shoot anybody. Uh, no one's told me what I that I did. And then later I said, no, I didn't shoot anybody, never, nobody. And then he said, I'm, 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 I'm whatever it is. He was interviewed on a TV show, admitting to be a Marxist communist. By the way, he wasn't done. Okay, okay there he is, this assassination tapes or something. There's the book. These two authors are used, tried to get it used over the uh, lie detector. But as far as I know, I've never heard of it except for this book. But anyway, it's their opinion. Now, I have to admit, it's somewhat based, but at least it's partial, partial some of the evidence that Oswald was innocent. Uh, no, uh, this is what he said. No, I have not been charged. Did you kill Kennedy? No, I have not been charged with that. In fact, nobody has said that to me yet. Oswald's walking down the hall and turned here and stopped. And a man asked him, have you shot Kennedy? No, I did not. Okay. I didn't shoot anybody. No, sir. That's another statement made at another time. He's admitting. Well, I mean, I think I might have another one, another of these quotes. I don't know. I see. I didn't shoot anybody. No, sir. No, she's calm. He's not irrational, looking like a sounding like a lunatic. Yeah, I did it, and I'm proud. Not trying to prove it. Okay, here Lee always denies that he's the assassin, and that's what what the machine tells him, and he can tell from this. I guess maybe that's the statement. Uh, he's lying there and lying. I'm guessing and lying there a little bit. But here's a bad lie. There's a little bit worse. And then, of course, they're actually there. So maybe um, there. Now, let's see what Gerald Ford said. So they're claiming that Oswald admitted uh, Ford. Let's read what Ford said. Uh, this lab, it was on the Warren Commission and knew that Oswald, he saw the Algin's photograph. He knew that Oswald was not there. He knew it. this man right here knew. You know, okay, here's what he said in 1991. The truth is, well, he was maybe prisoner after. The truth is known, Lee Harvey Oswald was the lone gunman who killed President Kennedy and Dallas Priest General Tippett. Wait a minute. This is what, 40 years later, 30 years later? There's 50 books published on this subject. But oh, Ford doesn't read, of course, because he knows he was there. This man became president because he was uh, John McCloy. Uh, I don't know if he was on the I think he was on the committee. I never saw a case more completely proven. So I think that's number three, or number two at least. Uh, we got uh, we got Ford and now this man, McClure, he was also head of the CIA at one time, or maybe the FBI. I never saw a case more completely. He didn't read books either. There, this is Senator Richard Russell. He's a uh, the only senator on the commission. Uh, yeah, um, he said I. Oh, here, look at it. I never believed that he did it without any consultation or any encouragement whatsoever. Too many things caused me to doubt he planned it all by himself. Notice what we did. We got uh, Oswald going from Japan to some other base, all the way to Washington, D.C., to New York City, to immense Russia, coming back, going down to Louisiana, Dallas. Oh, here's Hale Boggs. He was a congressman at the time. Listen to what happened to him. Let's see what he said. He was on the commission. Hale Boggs, congressman from, by the way, he's talked about in the JFK movie. Uh, 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 Oliver, T uh, what's his name, it, sat so, beside him so. on the airplane. And he told him he was convinced that he didn't do it. Listen to what he said. This is, I think, a direct quote. 
maybe from the movie, I don't know, but Hale Boggs didn't believe it. He was on the commission and he was a congressman. So that means I believe he knew. Well, let's see what he said. I don't think I got a slide next. Okay, that's Hill Boggs. Uh, oh no, he, he, he testified that he didn't do it. He didn't believe he did it. By the way, Hill Boggs died in a mysteriously when his airplane crashed in Alaska. They've never found the airplane. I don't think he, I don't think, well, anyway, let's come. We do, when, oh, this is a CIA letter. We're not supposed to talk about this. Whenever a discussion is active, however, addresses are requested. Don't talk about it, but if you got to talk about it, uh, the charges are the critics are without serious foundation. This is what the CIA was told by memo from the boss. Point out that parts of the conspiracy talk appear to be deliberately <laughs> generated by communist propaganda. They're the ones saying this. They're the ones doing it. So don't be, don't respond. But when you do, blame it on the communists, and therefore they won't believe the, the conspiracy theorists. And by the way, I've never been accused of being a communist, but I've been posing stupid how wrong this thing was back in 1992. My DVD's been shown all over the country, I'm sure. Communists, communists see, if you blame them on it, boy, they always hate those communists. Therefore, these guys are out to show that maybe they were involved in the assassination. The communists, and they want to make sure that no one brings that up. So Russian we're all about it. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Conspiracy theorists seem paranoid uh, about the CIA. The agency is partly to blame. That's what we think. In the 1960s, the CIA sent its agents a memo here. It is explaining how to counter skepticism about the Warren Commission. I think we read it in sequence. It might be a reverse. But anyway, we conspiracy people. There is without doubt a conspiracy by elements of the federal government to keep the facts of the case, this is what we believe, from ever becoming known. If if uh, Jay, if uh, Trump releases these secret records, we're going to learn that even the CIA knew and the FBI knew that there was a conspiracy. More than listen to this, more than a thousand books have been produced, subsidized, or sponsored by the CIA. Now, this does not mean a thousand books on the Kennedy assassination, which means our taxpayers' dollars are being used to lie to us about the involvement of the CIA in anything. Huh. Isn't huh. that interesting? I, I think this, I did I. I think this came from Garrison. I think I probably mentioned that. So James Garrison, who probably, his claim came as close as you could come. But strangely enough, his witnesses kept dying. I don't understand why they would do that. <laughs> could it be? Uh, oh, listen to this. Coming next month in Reader's Digest, Reasonable Doubt, the assassination of John Kennedy. 20 years ago, this was 1983. 20 years ago, watch for these, and this is an article, and there's more to follow. Okay, boy, we're going to blow this story wide open from all we know. First of three parts, listen to what happened. 20 years after the shots were fired in Dallas, most Americans do not believe that Leo Oswald, this is the Reader's Digest, act alone. This book explains why the skepticism grows and offers fresh insights and new information that leads to an unavoidable conclusion, a conspiracy. This is what Reader's Digest said, what I said 20 years later, 1983. Watch what happens. I think I explained. In other words, there are going to be 47 million people reading Reader's Digest said it was a, the whole thing was a conspiracy. Right. But wait, right. wait a minute, maybe not. Better hold on, Ralph, please. Hold on, you better explain 
wait till the next slide shows up. Why the skepticism grows. Fresh insights. Well, I must have covered this with a lot of verbiage. I'm sorry for that. I told you I I could have watched this, but made notes and it would take you know hours to do it. I thought, I'll oh, just do sure. it and yeah. wing it. I'm doing the best I can from memory. But anyway, this is what we're going to read in three installments in the Reader's Digest. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. I got I, 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 what I talked about was what happened. 500,000 copies of that were published, uh, printed, and 495,000 were called back in and, and destroyed, and segments two and three never showed up. Huh. Who's in charge? Reader's Digest or the CIA? Yeah, Who was your guess? Yeah. This is Tip O'Neill. Maybe you remember. He uh, was the Speaker of the House years ago. Mm -hmm. He met a guy. They were having dinner one night, and he talked to us somewhere here. It's Tip O'Neill. Uh, I think I say, I talked about the uh, CFK assassination to a witness uh, who was a testimony, testified in front of the Warren Commission. What do you think about that? He said, well, listen, let me tell you what I said. I was surprised here. He said, I was surprised here, O'Donnell. That's this guy he's talking to. This is uh, Kennedy's chief of staff. Say that he heard two shots that came from behind the fence of the grass. Two shots came from the grass, you know. Then O'Neill said, That's not what you told the Warren Commission. To O'Donnell, you're right. I told the FBI what I heard, but they said it couldn't have happened that way. And that I must have been imagining things. Oh, okay, that makes sense. So I testified the way they wanted me to. Oh, How boy. many people do you think had this happen to them? How many dead people didn't play the game? My reaction is that they came from the right rear. That's what this man told uh, Tip O'Neill. So he said that he was told, I forgive me. Anyway. I think that's the, the, man, the, the man who made the comment. They came from the right rear, not the front. So he, no, don't say that. Or maybe Tip O'Neill said that. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't remember. Mm -hmm. It was clear that the CIA and the FBI lied to us at times, basically for the same reason, to protect themselves. Well, of course, if you could go throw to jail and go to get, you know, taking your, having your life electrocuted, you better protect yourself. So why do we all lie? Maybe we all should do this. Well, little Ralphie's not afraid. I put this out in 1992. Okay, well, we're doing, we just got two hours. So now we got, we're pretty close to fact just very soon. The CIA deliberately withheld evidence and the CIA mafia had plots against Fidel Castro. This is, this is, uh, this is the way they got Lee Harvey Oswald to believe he was going to kill Castro. Uh, by the way, the, the, the rig I, I didn't mention and the thing I meant to mention was guess who was in the theater with Lee Harvey Oswald sitting away from him? Jack Ruby. Uh. Eyewitnesses. Oh, I'm sorry. One witness. I have to admit, it's only one. But she said she recognized Ruby there, being there. And so she saw him when the lights went on. And then when, when, when Oswald... Uh, Oswald got shot by Ruby. She said, that's the man I saw in the movie house. What's Ruby doing in the movie house? Really? In other words, Oswald was going to the movie house because he was told to go there. And then an airplane will fly you to Cuba so you can use your pistol with six rounds in, or maybe five, 
to kill Fidel Castro. And then when you come back to America, you'll be hailed as a hero. And that's why Leo Roswell should be, should be called a hero for what he tried to do until the assassination came. And then I believe he said, I better move because if they don't, they'll nail me. They'll blame me for it. And that's exactly what they did. And they took him out before he could testify in a courtroom, didn't they? Or write a book or something. Right. That's right. the story so far. That's a brief summation of what we're going to cover now in the, in the man, ladder. Two of the frames, it's a three, four. Oh, yeah, this is a, okay. It's, uh, 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 okay, uh, 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 Hoover. Well, you are correct in the observation of frames 13. They're so, so a commission exhibit. I think Hoover wrote this, or transposed in volume 18. This is a printing error. It does not exist. The reason they said this was because at, in Bethesda, I'm sorry, Parkland, they saw shots coming in. And in Bethesda, they saw, saw shots coming from the back. And the official story was there was no shot from the front. They all came from the back. Well, that's not correct, but at least they, some came from the back. And the Bethesda, Parkland said all shots came from the front. I'm telling you, this is why they changed 3 and 14. This would show the back. And then he moved to the back instead of to the front. In 314, he moved to the front and then back. No, this shows that he moved back and then to the front. That's why they changed them. He's admitting it, but it's only a printing error and does not exist in the actual. Yeah, okay, that's okay. So it's just an error. I'm done by an amateur again. Some little amateur said, I'm gonna have some fun here. April Fool, he really got shot from the back and not the front. And so they, okay, this is what, this is what we're dealing with. The Zapruder film has been altered so badly you can't even rely on it anymore. Mm -hmm. So be careful when you start watching it again. I think we'll show you a better. Well, I can't do it because I'm not going to show it. Maybe in the in the uh, Kennedy, uh, the the driver shot the Kennedy. We'll see a better exhibit, or we'll see the driver do it. Right. right. Uh, remind me, write this down, Goldwater. Goldwater. Uh, as a piece of paper, just put down Goldwater. So when we start in the second half, we're almost finished here. So this is the way they covered up the story, some of it at least, to show you. So I believe this, what I've covered so far in a little less than two, a little more two hours, or approximately two hours long. That's how long this DVD lasted. I believe I've given you evidence to believe not only a conspiracy, but a monumental conspiracy. There it is. You're kidding. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm sorry, we can end with this. This is, um, let's see. Uh, oh yeah, I, I can do get rid of this because there's no reason to, so I, I quoted Alice in Wonderland. She says to the queen, um, you lied to us. And she said, uh, you, you can lie. I'm sorry. She says, draw a long breath and shut your eyes. And when you do that, you can, you can lie. I, I, I made statements, that's what it was. I made statements that were not true. 25 of them, if you do this, just draw a long breath. And the queen, the queen in the, that's why I quoted it. There it is. Uh -huh. I'm going to shut this down, and now we're going to look at, uh, there's David right there, and you'll not see Ralph Epperson's, I don't have my camera hooked up, so we're going to talk. Okay. Now, okay. you say Goldwater. 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 Okay. Goldwater picked up the pistol first, and the, the pistol didn't go to uh, Senator Church over here, it went over here to Barry Goldwater, he picked it up. Why did that happen? 
Then, in the, we'll show it to you in the uh, uh, JFK, the Kennedy uh, uh, Zapruder film uh, video. I'll show you what happened. Uh, 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 someone went in, uh, went in to talk to Walter Mondale. So we got two people. This man's interviewing this man. This is Walter Mondale, ran for the Senate. Uh, was a senator, ran for president. Something. He said, "Wait a minute." Goldwater picked up the gun, gun first. It should have gone to uh, to uh, Frank Church, who's the chairman. What happened? And so Bondale says to him, well, I asked Barry, Barry about that because we're good friends. How did you get the gun first? And Barry said, ha, ha, ha. I, uh, I, uh, I uh, just picked it up first because I wanted to see the gun. Well, he said, the, the, the thing, where did you learn that from? And, and Goldwater said, I learned it from Hubert Humphrey. And these two guys laughed. Let me tell you why I believe this is this is part of the reason why I believe that was the gun. When I worked in the Goldwater campaign in the, in 1963, it started in early 63 and ran through all the way through 64 in the Young Republicans. I worked for Barry Goldwater, and prior to the assassination, Goldwater was going to win the election. The polls were all showing he was going to beat John Kennedy in 64. And we were exuberant because we were working for him, doing precinct work. Sick, look at the okay. So now, I believe the reason they allowed Goldwater to pick it up first was he knew that was the gun that kept him from the presidency. Mm. That makes sense to me because right. Goldwater was going to win, and he wasn't supposed to win. So they took out. Uh, JFK and Goldwater was defeated because we, the people, decided to not to change horses in mainstream, and we uh, uh, allowed the vice president to become, and then he was elected in '64. Mm -hmm. That's it. Now let's start with the uh, thoughts here. Okay, let's do this. This is the thing I just read this last night. But wait till you read this. I'm going to show you there were six. Count them six shots. Six, not uh, not uh, uh, three or four or two. Okay, hold on, page uh, 59. I've got a tag here. Where's page 59? I guess I lost it. Okay, hold on. Don't say, David, please. No, no, don't. <laughs> okay, the first shot. We're going to reconstruct using a logical melding of the evidence. The first shot came from behind the picket fence. The first marksman squeezed his trigger and struck Kennedy in the throat. The throat. The first shot hit him in the throat and came, according to this man, by the way, he's a sniper, and he knows about rifles and all sorts of rifles and ammunition, which ones to use and where and how. What do you want to do to the man? Do you want to cripple him or shoot him? We're going to learn. This is an expert. Uh, it is possible that this shot was fired by a small caliber rifle, probably a CIA-issued 22 caliber Model 74 Winchester silenced sniper rifle to immobilize Kennedy's head for the high-powered rifle shots to come later. Have you ever heard of a sniper shot, a Model 74 Winchester, which is intended to freeze the man you're going to shoot later? In other words, they might, the reason they shot him in the neck was to freeze his head so they could, because his head might go to the right or the left. Right. So sense. the shot, according to this guy, who's an expert on rifles, it could have been to silence him, keep his head steady for the shots that are going to follow. Mm -hmm. The second shot was fired. It came from the Dell Tex building. Remember I mentioned 
if you take that shot that ricocheted um, and hit Sprague, it goes traces back to the to the Dell Tech's building, the second floor. Right. So it was also an undercharged cartridge for after striking Kennedy in the back or four inches below the collar and just to the right of the spine, it failed to penetrate more than an inch. And the guys at Bethesda, the doctor in charge, probed it with, I think, his thumb and realized it stopped. It, he couldn't push further. It was a bullet hit him and stopped. Mm -hmm. the, shot, the next shot was fired from the school book depository and is the actual shot that struck, Kennedy, uh, struck Connolly, the third shot. Now, I don't believe this. I still don't believe any shots were fired. But anyway, the third shot, wherever it came from, had to come from the back because it was hit in the, uh, theoretically hit in the back, uh, in, in the leg, and then across the back, through the, through the body, down to the neck. So had to come from behind. He said the school books master, I think I'm, he, might, he might be right. Maybe some shot was fired from one shot. The next shot came from the Dell Tech's building. It missed the limo, the limousine. It struck the curb near the triple underpass and shattered into fragments. One of those hit James Tate. I mean, mispronouncing his name. The fifth and sixth shots were fired almost simultaneously. The fifth shot came from the book depository, possibly from the roof, and also missed the car. It struck the sidewalk on the north side of the street to the right of the limousine, leaving its mark in the cement. By the way, that also was picked up and removed. And the sign, the, the, the Stemmons Freeway, in the early shots shown in the Zapruder film, showed a bullet hit the back of the sign. Huh. But they moved, they deleted frames, 208 to 214, to eliminate that so we can never see it. So huh. one shot missed him completely, but was fired from the back from the grassy knoll. So it was six video shots. Isn't that interesting? Notice it's not three, it's not two, it's not the, the uh, bullet, the lone bullet, the solo bullet, all these are all matched up. Okay. Do you remember, or any of your listeners remember, or viewers remember Dorothy, know who Dorothy Kilgallen was? Well, anyway, if you don't remember, at least to save time, I'll tell you. Because those of you who never heard of her, that, that'll save time for you to say, well, I don't, okay. She was on a show called What's My Line? A major program ran for like nine years. She was one of five panelists. She was there every week sitting in, and the person walked in. There was a stranger or someone like a guy that, that dig, dug, dig ditches in Bohemia, and that was out in the He would sit down, and they had to guess what his line was. He signed in Vladimir Husapuch, and I. Then uh, he tells the host uh, what my secret is. I dug ditches in Vladipucci. Okay. So then the, the, the panels don't know that. Uh, did you do that? Was this work you did normally? Yes, I did. Did you do it for many? Yes, I did. And then they went through it, and she was guessing for nine years. She wrote a syndicated articles for 200 newspapers as an investigative reporter. 200 newspapers means she was syndicated. She attended the 10-day trial of Jack Ruby between March the 4th and 14th, 1964, and she went there as an investigative reporter because she was curious. She was able to hear the 10-day testimony of Jack Ruby. When they tried him and found him guilty, she was there sitting in the front row. She, Ruby asked her attorneys to contact him, and he agreed to the interview. She agreed to the interview. Mm -hmm. Ruby says, please, tell me, I want to talk to that lady, uh, maybe Kilgallen. And she went over there and says, or at least got the word back to him, yes, I'll meet you in the prison. 
where he's free to talk. Mm -hmm. So they met twice. Now, by the way, I cannot find the date. So someplace between 64 and maybe, a, well, I can tell you, in November 65, so she was working, starting her research into this thing. Because guess what's going to happen? Don't guess what's going to happen, I'll tell you. And uh, uh, Okay. Uh, uh, okay, I'm sorry, I don't know what I got to do. Okay, this woman, as she started to piece it together, after meeting with, with Oswald, uh, and, and Ruby twice in the prison, which means they were private, worked with the district attorney, Jim Garrison. So she was taking her information to help Jim Garrison. But she was quoted uh, in a book called, uh, uh, I think it was called Alcohol or something. Uh, I, don't, I don't have the name down. Anyway, quote, I'm going to break the real story and have the biggest scoop of the century, unquote. She got Ruby broke and told her, according to her, she had she got the uh, scoop. And guess what? On November the 8th, 1965, they found her dead of barbiturates and alcohol. Really? Yeah. Her family all believed she was murdered. No autopsy was performed. They knew she was healthy, moderately healthy. She had broken her leg or something someplace, I think. She was walking on crutches when she met the movie, but she's a she was a movie star who later got into, into movie, uh, writing. Okay, now as soon as that happened, the police were not called for six hours. No one in the family called because guess who showed up? The FBI came in and confiscated files, boxes and boxes and boxes of files, papers. Six hours. They cleaned out the house, and then they called the police. Huh. What happened in those six hours? The FBI came in. And then two days later, her secretary died oh, mysteriously. Boy. Oh, my goodness. Can you believe that? Isn't that interesting? What a they coincidence. They all another coincidence. Isn't that strange? Yeah, okay, man. let's see what I got here for you. Okay, now, let's go back to the Zapruder film. Only Ralph Epperson, in 60 years or 55 years of research on this, and all the books I've read, I've read, or, or, or movies I've watched, or even uh, DVD movies, deck documentaries, nobody but nobody pointed one more thing out that I failed to mention about the uh, driver. The next time you watch, this is still real. You can watch this and see. I don't know what I did, but I somehow missed that out. Well, anyway, well, it's not, I, I don't know. I'll leave, there it is. Okay, let's go this way. Next time you watch, most people watch Kennedy. The people who discovered this said, no, don't watch Kennedy. Watch the driver turn around and fire a pistol. By the way, the pistol was not a pistol. Uh, it was what you call it once again. It was a pistol, not a revolver, right? But it didn't fire a, a, a shell. It fired an a ice cube filled, uh, 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 there's a word for it. I can't think of it, but inside was toxin, shellfish toxin. That's why I pointed out uh, Hanel, the oh, okay. man who helped invent it. Now, that was the most toxic uh, ingredient in the world. And that got in there and exploded with force to cause the injuries 
that occurred in the right temple. It blew it out on the left and probably some even in the back. And then the brain was removed. Mm -hmm. The brain is still removed. No one knows where it is. So in other words, you know, here's the point. I'm saying watch the driver and the co-driver together. Because sure enough, the driver, I'll do it one man at a time. The driver reaches, he, he leans forward. He's slowing the car down, gets it to stop. He reaches underneath the car, pulls out that shiny object that I, I showed you the pistol. And when I, 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 apparently I didn't show you that slide. At least I showed it to you, but I didn't mean explain what it was. But it was reflecting the camera. The, the, the camera was between the pistol and the background. So the pistol was within two feet of it, and it reflected a white light. It's black pistol, but it reflects light. Uh, David, you might know something about that. Does that happen often? Can the pistol or the rifle be black and still reflect light, silver? I guess if the sun hits it right, maybe. I don't know. I don't think so, though. Okay, well, anyway, that's what you see. Whatever this pistol was doing, it was reflecting light, but it's black. You saw it was black in the Okay, right, right. now, here's the point. Okay, after he, after he pulls the gun down, he puts it back, which means you got to lean forward again and then lean back. Now, here's my challenge to you, anyone that wants to, I believe it's still in the Zapruder, watch the driver and co-driver at the same time because they both lean forward, almost hitting the, the, the dashboard as the pistol's being pulled up, if I'm right. They come back together. The shot is fired, and they both lean forward together. And then they both lean back when he's through putting the pistol away. That is called rehearsal. That is called practice. That is called knowing what's going to happen. In other words, they're trying to cover up or maybe show that the pistol could not be seen from the right side by the co-driver's head. That's theory. But I, you can see it with your own eyes. Now, I would urge you to write this down. Watch the movie Executive Action. Because it appeared short. I do not remember how long ago it appeared. I've watched it probably five, four or five times. And it's, it's done by the liberal left. Burt Lancaster and, um, and uh, uh, Robert Ryan and uh, Will Greer are in it. They're... They're the businessmen planning the assassination of Kennedy. And during that thing, they show uh, the guy that they hired to do it. They show him at a, at a desert scene where there are big rocky, uh, big boulders, probably taken in like Texas Canyon. When you drive going east of Tucson, you drive to go up, up the side and then down the uh, 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 mountain range. And on, when you drive through, they've, they've got these big boulders. They're, they're smooth side sided like there was something like a, a rock that later cooled and then they're frozen in place and they're big boulders and they found a place where the big boulders are up on the left and in, in the back and so they could take a blader and then move the, the blader in front of the, the, the ones that go east and west and then move, move the, the thing down in imitation of this daily plaza this is what's shown in this movie that they were planning the, the shooting and so the, 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 the shooters were in the place where the, the not the sixth floor. Yes, the sixth floor was there, and the guy in the uh, in the uh, Dell Tex building were lower down. But they, as the cars went by, they took paw shots. They they knew when to fire jointly if they could, and then they had the uh, the uh, uh, Cadillac with the 
with a dummy and a, a, a little tag on the back uh, where they, they wanted the shot to happen. And the men were, th were, were shooting. And the first guy wasn't on a boat. He was on one of those lip lifts where you have a flat top on top and you go up like an accordion up to 10 feet or 20 and then you come back down again by pushing it. So he was up there top, and which means he didn't have to worry about the window or the window only being open halfway, all these problems. Mm -hmm. So he was firing and he got the shot. It hit him right smack dab in the back like they wanted it. And then the second shot got him in the head or wherever it was. Uh, and so they only fired two. And then they said, well, we better try again because we got to make sure it didn't quite work out, which means they knew when the second and third shots or the first and second were going to happen, how much distance to allow. Huh. Yeah. That's interesting. I believe this is speculation. I cannot prove this. But whoever made that movie knew that's what happened to John Kennedy. There were at least two shooters from the back. Mm -hmm. And they were, according to the movie, they were there. Uh, they were they were firing at the car, and they both got hits uh, on the on the uh, on Jack Kennedy. Mm -hmm. So in other words, no. So watch it together. Now, why would they both lean down at the same time and lean back? The the the, the co-driver would say, "Wait a minute, what's going on? Why hit the brake? Hit the gas? No, don't don't." He went down with him. You can watch it happen. Nobody, but nobody, but nobody that I know of pointed that out. Huh. Okay. Wow, that's interesting. I have to watch that. Yeah, I I, I talked about the the tail light turning on. The car actually stopped at when the second shot was fired. So on the second shot, I believe was done by the uh, by the driver. But there's, it's quite possible this uh, expert is right. It came from the grass, you know. But anyway, it came from the front. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, those are, here's the question. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, are you right-handed or left-handed? David? I'm both, actually. I shoot left-handed and right-handed, so... Oh, wait a minute. You just said the magic words. Have you ever fired a bolt-action rifle with the bolts on the right-hand side? Left-handed? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. You've done it? I shoot, I shoot a rifle left-handed, yeah. You can actually shoot a, get your eyes to the scope and mm -hmm. fire the shot. Yeah. I presume the rifle's going to uh, re recoil. Uh -huh. And then you reach around with your right hand and raise the bolt, even though you're left-handed? Yep. Okay. Thank you. But you'll notice you can do this already. I'm talking about Oswald, who was left-handed. Right. It's not even known if he fired the rifle. The only rifle you ever know he fired for certain was the M1 or the M2, whatever it was during his days, as being a recruiter even later in some shooting thing. And those are automatic. Okay, which what? Which who's automatic? Uh, the M1 and the M2. They're they're automatic. Yeah, they, yeah, okay. they're, yeah, they're not bolt action. Okay, now let's go. Back. How difficult would you think it would be for a left-handed man who's never fired the, at the bolt action if he was shooting from the grassy uh, from the uh, Texas School Book Depository to make it work? It would be well. I'm just imagining myself shooting with my right eye. You know. And uh, it would, you know, in order to, to do that and squeeze off as many rounds as they said they squeezed off would be virtually impossible. Would you guess that it's going to be difficult for him? Yes, very difficult. Because he's got to reach over the top. No, he got this. I'm sorry, he's got his finger. He fired the thing with his right hand. He had to because I don't know if you maybe you could fire from the left, which would even make it worse because now he's got to get his right hand up there to move the bolt. And then eject the shell and close it again, and then get back. You got to get back to the to the scope, and that's something I don't understand. I'm sure that the the, the target's moved, 
it's, you shot him at A, and now you got to shoot him at B, which means you got to find him again. Yeah, exactly. It's not possible. This guy said, this expert, uh, Craig, by the way, he's a friend of mine. He wrote the book, and I've got it in front of me. He said that he got to the, the you know, he got he was able to sit where Oswald said, and he said, "There's no way." He said, "I could not do this as a sniper trained. I couldn't do it, and Oswald couldn't do it." Uh huh. Uh huh. So I don't think anyone's firing shots. Okay. Okay. Now, um, well, let's talk about how close Kennedy came to being alive. This is amazing because this is it's not commonly discussed, but when when the, the schedule was for him to fly in from Washington to uh, Lovefield, no, uh, to Fort Worth, the Air Force Base or wherever it is in Fort Worth, or maybe it was the air, the terminal, but to land there, to be driven into a, to a building that's going to have a breakfast and you know, a thousand people are paid money to watch. And so he came in there and there's clips of him talking and talking, joking about he's given a cap a 10-gallon hat by the mayor. He refuses to laugh about it. And he says, it's interesting. You know, Jackie came along and he says, notice everybody's concerned about what she's wearing. And I said, no one seems to care about what Lyndon and I are wearing. And Lyndon sat there and he knew he was going to be wearing bloody clothes. That's how sick that man must have been. He knew it was going to happen and he did nothing. That's how angry. You bet. Okay, so now. Wow. uh, It rained. They walked out in rain. When they came out, it was a drizzle, but they were all wearing raincoats, or at least top coats, and many of them had umbrellas. So it was raining in Fort Worth. So they left in rain, flew 20 minutes or something to Dallas, and I guess it's what, 30, 40 miles away, but they felt it was better to go provide than to drive. So they actually flew and landed at Love Field. And when they got there, the rain clouds had moved. If it had been raining that day, the top would have come out, right. and Kennedy would have survived. Oh, That's how good. close he came to survival. Okay, now listen to this. I already talked about Ruby's in the theater. We'll talk about one thing about Ruby while I write the thought. During the uh, during the press conference, uh, the the the, the, the uh, priest, I think it's the police chief. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm, 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 uh, it's uh, time for a press conference, and I'm going to ask you a question. Uh, we have uh, uh, our suspect is named Lee Harvey Oswald, OSW, and he's five foot eleven in the six or two five foot, and he weighs hundred whatever, and he's uh, he is our suspect in the Kennedy assassination, uh, and uh, he he was a member of the Fair, a Free Cuba Committee, and Jack Ruby, he was in the room standing on a, ch- a table off to the left, shots down. Uh, it's not the fair, a free Cuba committee. It's called the free, uh, free, free <laughs> FLC, uh, free. free. <laughs> uh, anyway, he says it's not, it was fair, fair, play, fair play for Cuba committee. That's what it was called. And he said it was a, be nice to Cuba, or something like that. I'll make up the first one. But the second one was fair play for Cuba. So it's a fair play for Cuba. Oh, yes, you're right. It was a fair play. How did Ruby know that? Unless Please. he knew him. Yeah. Huh? Unless he knew How him. How did he know that? He had to know Oswald. Yeah. And he had to know not only that, but he was a member of the Fair Play for Cuba committee. Mm-hmm. Oswald said that. You can watch him say it. There's a clip of him. And for some reason, 
I have to admit the picture of him is a slide, but the, but but you can hear him say it. Then the camera moved over to who said it, and it's Leo as uh, Jack Ruby. Mm -hmm. The question is, how did he know that? Exactly. He's he's a stranger. He doesn't know Oswald. Yes, he did. That's another point. Okay, now oh, this is tough. Hold on, America. This is going to be. This might take a few minutes. John Kennedy died at precisely 12, uh, 1 o'clock. They called a casket company in Dallas, the local, the current closest one, to bring a high-quality uh, casket. There was there. This was going to bury the president. So they brought a beautiful. Uh, uh, I'm going to say mahogany, but it was a beautiful. You can see it. It's ivory, not ivory colored, somewhat copper colored and brown, and had gorgeous gold handles. And it was an expensive, probably six. I don't know how much. But it was a very expensive casket, so they 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 uh, uh, the 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 uh, doctors. Uh, by the way, the, uh, the 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 man from the from the uh, casket company assisted. They uh, put, or maybe he was already in she on sheets. They they curled Kennedy's body, wrapped it in sheets, picked up the body and the head in the sheets. And then picked it up and laid it in the casket, and then shot the casket. Then the casket was transported to Love Field, and you can see movies of it being loaded onto the uh, Air Force One. And they actually, it was so big they had to take the handles off. But when they took the handles off, they brought it forward, and uh, and the back door, up the up those stairways, those metal stairs, you walk up, and they couldn't get it by. So they, they were able to have to turn it sideways, which is unfortunate, or maybe side, straight ahead. But they got it in. Put it in a room by itself. They removed all the stuff except a chair because Jackie wanted to sit with the casket. Now, listen to this. She sat there all the time. They, they waited for the airplane to take off. But when Lyndon Johnson was going to take the oath of office, she, he asked for Jackie to step forward. It's the only time Jackie left the casket for maybe, what, five or ten minutes. And then she walked back again and the casket was still there. But the body was picked up uh, by a helicopter on the other side of the airplane. And the only person in the room was Jackie. Jackie's no longer there. Did Lyndon Johnson know that was the plan? But in any event, the body left the casket. Huh. The casket was flown. It got, it, they, 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 uh, when it got to Bethesda, the, ca the, uh, the, car, the, the ambulance, uh, I think it was black or something, it was a Navy ca a, a, a car, because uh, it's the president. A, 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 a limousine. Uh, no, uh, what do you call it? The, the, um, yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hearse, hearse, a hearse. Hearse, yes. Yeah. The hearse. So they got up, Jackie walked with it inside, and they took it someplace, and they got what the casket that got to the doctors who were going to do the autopsy. It was a cheap metal casket that was had screws holding the top in place. Huh. It was not the fancy gold casket. When they pulled the body out, Paul O'Connor, the man that made that drawing, he was there. He helped unload the body with one other doctor. The body was in a body bag. Oh, wow. How did the body go from being wrapped in sheets to a body bag. And that was the body of John Kennedy that they did the autopsy on. Huh. And the, uh, the shots 
two of the shots at, at, at Parkland was one from the front in the neck and one into the temple. Both came from the front. But the body had been tampered with by a professional who made sure the evidence revealed the body. It was, the two shots came from the rear, meaning Oswald. Mm -hmm. That's what was happening to that body, if it was Kennedy. Mm -hmm. Think well, about that, ladies and gentlemen. You want evidence of conspiracy? Bingo. John Kennedy's body did not receive the autopsy. It was not his body. And how did it get into a body bag? Mm -hmm. If Jackie was with it all the way to the end, except for those little couple of minutes that she's up in the front of the airplane, if Jackie left and came back, the only time they could get the body out, if it was Kennedy's body, would be the time that they know a helicopter landed. It was heard by people who were shooting the airplane as the people were walking and moving around. And they heard it. And it, a guy got out and walked up the other side, opened that door, took the, got the casket open because Jackie was gone, took the body out, or two men picked it up into a, into a metal casket, screwed the lid down, picked it up, put in another uh, uh, thing, and then flow that body to uh, Bethesda. Wow. If there's not evidence of conspiracy, boy, you don't find that except in one major book, and the book is brilliant. It's well-documented, footnoted, eyewitnesses. Okay, now, let me read you an interview from the man who invented the... Uh, the uh, by the way, I have in my hands at this moment, edition num issue number two of a magazine called Garrison, the Journal of History and Deep Politics. The major story is called Haig's Coup, and there's a picture of Alexander Haig, and it has other articles by Edgar Tarle, uh, Tatro, James Hoogan, Joseph Green, Randolph Benson, Richard Groden, Ralph Epperson, Caitlin Johnston, Malcolm, and others. Who's this guy, Epperson? Who would want to put this thing in a beautiful, glossy magazine? It's gorgeous. And in there's a, a, an article written by this wacko. They actually wrote published by, by article. Huh. It's a two-parter. Where have we heard where Everson makes two-parters? Have you ever seen that before anywhere? Mm -mm. Well, here. <laughs> <laughs> Someone must have been listening. It's not about, it's about uh, the election of, uh, the selection of, uh, of uh, 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 Jimmy Carter and the Toronto Health Commission. It's a three-page article attributed to Ralph Everson. It has a, a brief Paragraph six or eight, ten lines wide about this other note. Okay, very good. I'm going to read the article about uh, the guy who invented the. Uh, the uh, okay, uh, maybe not, some of you might remember Tom Snyder. He was active until like the 80s or 90s. He had a talk show nationwide on Tuesday night, May the 3rd, 95. It doesn't matter. The name says 1995 talk shows. Tom Snyder introduced his friend, Senator Harlan Specter, that were the Warren Commission on a CBS program. Uh, our inspector was the reputed author of the single bullet theory. The first call came from Charlie in New York. I'd like to ask Mr. Spector's viewers how they've changed in the last 30 years since writing the single bullet theory for the Warren Commission. Spector replied, they've not changed at all. 30 years have gone by, 
He's not read one of the 52 books that I've read that prove there's a conspiracy, maybe only parts of it, but it's abundant. If you put 30 books together, you're going to conclude. He said, uh, Spectre admitted, it happened that way. That's the way it happened, like I said. Now let's go to the page, the next page over. Spectre, this is, the, uh, the bullet entered the body right at the base of the neck. Wrong. In Dallas, it was five, six inches lower and three inches off to the right. The doctor, as I said, the bullet came in, he probed it, or at least he looked at it, I guess he probed it, and it only was short. So now it, it entered the body right at the base of the neck at six inches short and off to the right. Huh. Uh, so that's what Spectre said. The bullet found on Kennedy's stretcher was almost intact. Even today, the average consensus is that it was on the, the, the stretcher uh, of uh, the, uh, the, the thing you have, it's metal, a wheelie doll, wheel dolly that they moved the men in from the from the uh, from the ambulances or the cars. The gurney. Uh, yeah. the, the gurney. Thank you. Okay, now the bullet found on Kennedy's stretcher. Kennedy's stretcher was almost intact. They don't believe it was Kennedy, but it, was, but it doesn't matter. The bullet was almost intact, so that's the way it went through the body. Entered. Okay. Now let's read number twelve. Uh, Senator Specter declared that Kennedy's coat and shirt rose from the middle of his back to his neck just in time to receive the bullet hole there, then just in time to receive a bullet hole there, then in the blink of an eye, that appears a repeat uh, by the typesetter. So it, well, his coat and shirt rose up from six inches down up to right underneath the neck, uh, then in the blink of an eye fell back into place because of the back brace that wasn't understood by others to cause this, because it has never visibly interfered with the president's clothing. It is not very well commonly known that President Kennedy walked in a brace, a back brace, because he was suffering from a disease that was going to be fatal, but not very much later. And John, I believe, knew sooner or later, I mean, relatively soon, maybe three or four years, he had no future. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so now, so the bullet entered and right to the, and the reason we, the shirt, and the jacket are visible on the Google image. And guess what? The hole is six inches down and the up to the right by two or three inches. Huh. And the shirt has, has been, uh, is available. You can see it's bloody, very, very bloody, which means a major hit was back there someplace, or maybe the one that hit the back of his skull. It, it bloody, but his shirt is bloody. But they've got it. You can see it on in uh, on on, uh, Wikipedia, on uh, Google Images. So that's how it happened. Now we'll go back back to another quote. Snyder said, "I truly believe that Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone, and that the single bullet theory holds water. I'm not going to change my mind." So then they asked, uh, "Well, that's what Snyder said." Snyder said, "I truly believe that Lee Oswald acted alone. I'm not going to change." Now let me ask you this. Let's just say that uh, Snyder admitted there was a conspiracy that killed the president. How much longer would he be on the air? <clears throat> Maybe one more day and that'd be it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that might be why he might have lost his job. So he's 30 years later, he still believes 80, 60 to 80 percent of the American people believe there's a conspiracy. But not Tom Snyder, this investigative reporter. You see? So that's why I didn't like the garrison. Like, okay, now. Okay, I've already got a couple more to go. 
And then we're going to end with the last question. So we got, okay, I can do this. I think I'll get all these finished today. Okay. Okay. Now, I want you to picture in your mind the overhead view of Dealey Plaza. And I remember I told you to look for the letter I. Uh-huh. The letter I is Abraham Zapruder. Zapruder had his offices in the Daltex building. He, he was a manufacturer of a, uh, a trimming suits or, or ladies, or babies, girl or something. And he had a bunch of workers in there. So he was able to just cross the street and walk into the back and walk to this scene because he knew it very familiarly. There's a little post. It's about three feet high. It's about, say, say four feet off the ground. And the square on top is, is four feet by four feet. So in other words, I, I, I think there's a concrete leading up to it. So you go to the go to the north and then walk south and then slowly you can get to this thing and then it stops. So you're about 30 feet away from the from the, the street. So he took his camera because he wanted there to get the pictures of, of, uh, of um, uh, John Kennedy. Why didn't he go down to the curb? If you go to the curb, there's not 27. I, I go to the, the rodeo parade in Tucson. And if I go downtown, when it's downtown, I'm standing six feet deep. So right. I used to bring a milk carton that I could stand on. Mm-hmm. And I brought it with me and then I took it home and took it back to the milk company. But I understand if I'm late, I got to stand back. He, there was nobody in front of him. Right. He was able to stand on this square and then shoot all the way to the left and all the way to the right with no one interfering with him. Mm-hmm. So the question is, why didn't he get down in the street with no one in front of him? He could pick it up and get within six feet of him. He could see whether he had nose hair. That's not very nice. Uh-huh. See if he had nose hair or how, you know, how pretty Jack he was. He could see what color his tie was. He didn't do that. Why? Maybe he knew. Huh? Maybe he knew something was going to happen. He didn't want to be in the line of fire. You bet your bippy. If he had gone there and stood where he, where, where he's, by the way, notice one more thing. He got right when the bullets, that driver shot Kennedy. He was in the right position. Once again, go back to the planning of the movie executive action. They knew how long it would take to get from shot number one to number two, and they probably planned it for that area because that would then give the driver the time to zoom away. And uh, so Zapruder not only knew, he knew where to stand. Mm-hmm. He didn't want, want to go get shot, so he didn't go down to the curb because he could have been shot himself. Right. And he brought his secretary with him to hold him in place. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. Uh, you you can verify this. When you shoot a rifle, does the rifle stand exactly where it is and you can fire the second shot or does it recoil? It recoils and you have to re-aim. Re-aim. Let me ask you, if you're holding on to a camera and you hear a shot, should your body recoil? And then we have to bring it down, the camera back down again? Yeah. And then you're focusing in and then uh-huh. bang another shot, it goes back up again? Uh-huh. Maybe the secretary was there to make sure he didn't do that. And when you see the film, there's not a lot of up and downs, which yeah, means he's being held in place. He wasn't startled. You bet. Yeah. Now, in other words, Jack Ruby, knew, uh, I'm sorry, Zapruder knew. Now, uh, okay, now one more thought about Jack Ruby. And then we'll open up for discussion. 
because that takes care of the last of this. Oh, yeah, I already said that. Okay, the fair play. Okay, it was fair play. I wrote down fair play, but I covered it up, took him out of sequence. Okay, now let's go this. The, the day of the parade, the plan was to, to as I said, go east-west on uh, Main Street, turn to the right going north until you got to the intersection of Houston, you're on Houston, turn left for Elm Street. Now, the a lady, for some reason, I don't know why, she was on Elm Street trying to get onto the, maybe she went up there to get on Elm Street, and the traffic was still, even though it was an hour before, the traffic had not been stopped by the police yet. They probably did that half an hour before to let traffic take care of where they're going to, so you don't get congestion, and they probably stopped the, the cars going in the area three blocks away. So, so she got on Elm Street and was going very slowly as there was a pickup halfway blocking the road and the right side of the car was on the up on the curb on, on the sidewalk mm -hmm. so she was going slowly anyway because the people going around the pickup were going slow you don't drive 30 20 miles an hour you make sure the guy doesn't open the door and you hit him so she goes by and when she gets parallel to the driver's door she stopped her car and looked to the right and said, i wonder who's in there no you what did you stop her and she said, I know I recognize the man. He looked right at me. And he kind of nodded his head, and I nodded back, and I went ahead. And then she said, as she was moving away, she looked back, and the right side of the car door opened, and a man walked up the grassy knoll with the rifle case. Oh, my goodness. That pickup was driven. Okay, let me finish. I'll, uh, I don't want to draw the conclusion. So she didn't think about it, except... I saw someone walk up there, so she went to the police. I saw someone walk up the grassy knoll with a, with a rifle case. Oh, you didn't know you didn't. I didn't see that. So she said, okay. So now she's home watching. On, I think it was Friday, the shooting. I think it was Saturday. She's watching her TV and the news, covering the story. And suddenly she sees Jack Ruby. I saw her. She's Oswald being shot. I said, my God, what did you show? And then she saw the picture of the, of the man in the pickup. The same man, Jack Ruby. And so for the first time, she put the two together. A equals B. And she said, that's the man who drove the pickup that the man carried a rifle case, a plastic rifle case, up the hill. Huh. Jack Ruby. Wow. He was not only in the theater, he was on Dealey Plaza at the time, an hour before the shooting. Walking huh. with someone, giving someone, I can only presume, she said she sped ahead. You know, I mean, she got free from him, so she was now able to step on the gas and go down the hill and enter in uh, Stemmage Freeway. Mm -hmm. So in other words, now, she went to the FBI, and the FBI went to the uh, to the Warren Commission, and they asked her to, to address it. So she, she went to the baby, uh, um, it was... I guess it was, I believe it was the Warren Commission, but it had to be because I'll tell you what happened. So she was being interviewed. What did you see? Who was it? What? Why did you stop? What kind of pickup was it? Was there any writing on the side? Did you see what was in the case? Did you see the other man? Describe the driver. Who was it? It was Jack Ruby. Well, that's impossible because we know he was at the, uh, the, the uh, there getting the newspaper and so she said, I'm sorry, I'm sticking with my story. I saw Jack Ruby in that pickup. 
So she opened up the Warren Commission when it was published and read her interview. It was changed. She didn't know who the driver was. She didn't see anyone carrying a case. And it was signed by her. And also it was a stenographer in the room when she testified. Uh She said, I did not sign it. And there was no stenographer who lied and who was telling the truth. Wow. Lady, do you understand? She is still alive, I believe. I've watched her, by the way, just for an aside. She was a very uh, upbeat, uh, I presume of a middle income or much better, dressed appropriately, makeup, hairdo, high heels and skirt and all this stuff, sitting patiently in a chair with her legs folded as a lady proper would do and addressing this thing. She's a very attractive Middle, middle age, 30, 40, something in that area, maybe late 30s. She, she's a very convincing, uh, you'd love to have her as a, as a witness on your uh, trial. Right. So she can be lead. And her story has been told now, and it's probably in a dozen books. Who was oh. lying? Remember what uh, Tip O'Neill said? Kenneth O'Donnell, the number two man to John Kennedy, is his personal lied, told the Warren Commission a lie. How many others? We saw the evidence that the man in the doorway was Lee, not Lee Harvey Oswald. We know that he couldn't have shot Officer T. You've got to conclude the Warren Commission framed an innocent man. That's right. Right or wrong, mm-hmm. you've got to conclude. If you study only a small amount of what I have, and I'm telling you, it's going to be even worse. There's more to tell I'm not going to cover today, but I might... Well, I'll just leave it at that. I'm telling you, the evidence, it, to me, is overwhelming. Not only, it, it, going back, uh, the, the, uh, the, the, uh, there's two bro- a brother and son, uh, the, the, like the, uh, Traficani. Uh, he wasn't Traficani, but one of the other scout uh, leaders. He and his son wrote a book. He called it uh, Double Cross because uh, John... The presidency was was offered to Richard Nixon in 1960, mm-hmm. and Richard probably had it because the conspiracy that elects both the Democrat and Republicans, we, they select two men and we elect one, right. and they control either one. So they went to Nixon and said, "Hi, we're going to make you president." Okay, deal, deal that. So he ran. He when he when he had his first debate with. Uh, Kennedy failed to shave when people thought he looked terrible and didn't handle handle himself very well. He doesn't care. He's going to win anyway. He's guaranteed by the powers that run this country. So now, Nixon says, uh, the, uh, uh, where did I bring that? Oh, uh, somebody had drawn a blank. What did I bring that forward for? I don't know. Nixon, Nixon was supposed to win the president. Oh, yes, that's right. That's yeah. right. Thank you. So now, Lyndon Johnson gets uh, to become president, and he runs in 68. So Nixon could have had eight years of, so they offered him the presidency in 68. And of course, he was elected in 68. So he got his, he got his reward for the remaining son. He went to work for the Rockefeller Law Firm. He probably didn't do anything except sit in the office and talk to people and play Parcheesi. So anyway, he elected and was, uh, you know. So then he uh, ran and was elected 60. Now, the election is 68. Uh, 
uh, Richard uh, uh, Nixon won to what? Sixty-eight plus eight is seventy-six. Right. So then, who, then who ran at seventy-six? Jimmy uh, Carter. Jimmy Carter. Carter was only four years uh, because he really messed up, and I don't, I don't understand why they did that. Although he might have wanted someone else to win the presidency. Uh, uh, who, uh, no, Nixon. Nixon quit, and Ford became president. Right. right Ford. Right. Ford did a good job on the Warren Commission. He remained silent. He said it was real. He continued to say it was real. We'll make you president. So he became. I guess Nixon quit, and he got elected in '64, '68, '72, whatever it was. He got got out in '80, whatever it was. So then, who's next? Uh, uh, George. Oh, the father. The father got uh, one term. The father. Right. I can't say. Anyway, he got one term in George Bush. H.W. Yeah, right. Yeah, he had two years, eight years. And then Hillary was promised the election of uh, Obama. And they gave it to Obama. And Hillary got furious. Mm -hmm. You promised me that. I waited. I became a senator. I did what I was told to do. I told this fellow, you people, you... Betrayed me. Oh, listen, here's what we'll do. We'll give you a Senate seat. And you run for the Senate, and then we'll make you president after maybe four years or eight years at the best. So Hillary got messed up again. They took Obama. She thought maybe they'll give her to him and they'll drop Obama, but they didn't do that. And she didn't become vice president. So Hillary's probably very angry. Yeah. So she's been screwed over twice. Mm -hmm. well, I, I guess she ran once. Didn't she run, but didn't? But she ran against uh, ran against Trump. That's right. Right. And she lost. She did terrible. She noticed she thought she was going to be elected. But no one. She ran a terrible campaign. She right. didn't catch. She knew she had multiple million dollars of income, and she probably kept most of it. And she just said, oh, "I'm I'm your president." She went to her coffees and visits and spoke to seven people, and it was the press covered it. And she thought she was that very night. She didn't want to. She didn't even concede the election. Every president who loses goes and calls their victor and says, congratulations, I really, I'll do what I can to help you, and we'll work together, and then they disappear. Well, Hillary didn't disappear. She kept thinking maybe in four years, but the, they gave it to Obama. Uh, uh, Obama. Trump. So she, she's, I guess, I, 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 I don't know if you, well, we got probably, it's 55, we got maybe another minute. Hillary was very sick, and you saw that. Right. It still is, I think. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay, very good. Hold that thought. Just take it step by step. She'd be talking, and all of a sudden, she'd open her eyes and go back. Like, whoa. And then close again, and she's back to normal. She did that several times to people. What's that all about? And then they, they followed her. She walked. She was kind of a, 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 a broken walk. They were, Unsteady they, gait. Just, yeah. Yes, not steady. That's a good way of saying Not steady. And she was being held up by two men, uh, maybe her secret service or whatever it was. They walked her over there, and then she got into the car, and they claimed she fainted. And they actually picked her up and threw her. Well, it didn't throw her. They picked her up and put her in the back seat, you know, face down. Right. Or at least maybe straightened her up and put her in there. By So she went to her daughter's uh, building to see some doctor, I guess. And, uh, and she went in. But she never came out. Oh, no, that's right. The lookalike came out. Yeah. Remember? Right. Mm -hmm. And the lookalike came out. And you could tell it wasn't uh, 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 Hillary. She was younger and was slenderer. 
Right. And she came out by herself. That should be included anyway. Yeah, but the press, service. the dumb, 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 deaf, deaf, controlled press. Hi, Henry. How do you feel? Oh, I feel fine. Notice there was no secret service. Someone on the street could have taken her out. Yeah, exactly. So the lady that did that risked her life, but she's the double. Uh-huh. And then shortly after that, she was running conventions in Las Vegas. Yeah, I'm a double. And they'll pay her to show up. And she did. I'm Hillary. And I got I'm Hillary, my daughter. And I'm laughing about her affair or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So once again, she was shortchanged. And I'm sure she's furious. And boy, she's really angry. That's why she keeps picking on Donald Trump. You stole the election. We're going to make sure this Russian crusade thing is as phony as the $1 bill. I exactly. draw my conclusions. I'm hoping that people will look at what I've said and watch this two-hour DVD. And then you, you can buy it, or it's on the internet right now. You can watch it. Mm-hmm. And I, it's kind of soft, but if you turn it all the way up, you can hear it, because this thing is very old, and it's deteriorating, I presume, because it sounds you can just barely hear it when your volume's full. But if you pay attention, you can hear it and watch it. And right. uh, listen. And remember right. what I said for ex- explanations and get it. And you'll learn, you'll conclude, yes, Virginia, there is a conspiracy. Oh, yeah, definitely, for sure. Uh, in a lot of ways, not just with the Kennedy assassination, but uh, the whole political scheme is an assass- is, uh, is a is a conspiracy anymore, you know? By the way, uh, Arlen Specter became a senator. Mm-hmm. So they rewarded him as well. Well, make right. a senator. Well, he even ran for the presidency, but couldn't get any voters. So right. he, he became a senator anyway, mm-hmm. probably by appointment. Well, David, I think I gave you something to chew on, two hours or three hours worth. Definitely. And Definitely. I, I, I can only thank you, as I always do at the very end, and your listeners were listening. I hope you, most of them stayed with us, or all of them did. And if you get it and you can tape it or view it later, please do so. Remember this, Ralph Epperson lives by himself uh, because I'm a, uh, <laughs> I'm a lunatic. Yes, I am. I am a real conservative conspiracy theorist. And so I, I have to live by myself, which means I answer the phone and I'm inviting you to call me. If you didn't get the details, uh, go to my website, ralph-epperson.com. My phone number's there. Call me. I, I answer the phone. I'll answer your questions if I can and do the best I can to assist in any way that I can and keep in touch. And David, I can guarantee you if you'll be granting uh, me the permission, I'll be here another week and we'll open up of the door. Of course. Okay. Hey, we're in this for a long run, Ralph. <laughs> okay. At least, at least 24 hours, because uh, that's how many uh, hours I got of DVDs. Uh-huh. So we'll, and maybe we'll repeat them for those that didn't hear them the first time. Yeah, there you go. That's great. I like that idea. Uh, yeah. Let me, let me say one last thought. Okay. If you're a patriot, be patient. Big things are going to happen shortly. Be aware. Sit back and watch. And Obama, I'm sorry, Trump told us to do that. Right. Just be patient. Explosions are coming. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, Ralph. Well, we're out of time. I'm going to shut this off. We can talk a little bit and then I got to go. But. Uh, folks, uh, be here next Tuesday. I'm sure we're going to have something very interesting and very informative to show you. And we're going to be out of time in about three seconds. So bye, Ralph. God bless.